Okay, I call this meeting to order five twelve p.m. Yes, on the call of the roll, Commissioner Shaw present. Commissioner Shaw present. Uh, Commissioner Lasana. Commissioner Lasana present. Commissioner Edding. Commissioner Edding present. Commissioner Hawkins absent. And then uh, Chair Wynn present. Chair Wynn present. And then Vice Chair Barker Plummer. Vice Chair Barker Plummer present with. Five present, one absent. Uh, you have four. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Please go ahead. Yes, item number two is communications. The minutes will reflect that the commission's executive committee participated in this meeting in person and have access remotely through video conference. The commission recognizes that public access to city services is essential and invites public participation in the following ways. First, public comment will be available on each item on this agenda. Comments or opportunities to speak during public comment period are available via phone call by calling 415-655-0001, meaning I need 2494-466-0455, then pound and then pound again. Or you can join us via online through the WebEx system. When connected, you will hear the meeting discussions, but you'll be muted in listening mode only. When your items of interest come up, please Dial star three to be added to the speaker line. If you called in or if you're joining us via WebEx, you may also raise your hand in the app. Alternatively, you may submit public comment in writing in either of the following <laughs> ways. Email them to the youth commission at youthcombatsfsub.org. If you submit public comment via email, it will only be forwarded to the commissioner and will be included as part of the official file. You may also send your written comment chain with social service to our office in City Hall. That's what Dr. Paul could be good with. Place Route 345, San Francisco, California, 9410. Um, can we please take a voice vote on the Yeah, yeah. All in favor say aye. Aye. All those say no. Aye. Thank Yes, uh, approval of the minutes for the March 1st, 2023 uh, meeting and then discussion debrief on March 6th, 2023. Thank you. Um, I'll have any motions on this item. Motion to approve the minutes. Motion to approve the minutes, seconded by Commissioner Shaw. Um, is there any discussion on this project? Is there any public? Oh. Oh, sorry. Uh, there is no public comment. Seeing a public comment, um, we'll do it by voice vote. All the say hi. All the folks say no. The ayes have it. Motion was second with Shaw. Motion was second. Um, B discussion and debrief of March 6, 2023. For you, the commission. Yeah. Um, okay. Let me pull up the agenda. Briefly, debrief. Uh, 
And then we also heard from two resolutions. The Youth Liver Mart resolution was passed, um, and so was the ADD resolution. Um, it was passed on its first reading. And then we um, passed a motion to support the 29 Sunset Improvement Project by Commissioner Miller. Um, and then we did our second and final reading of the budget and policy. Um, I think this meeting was pretty efficient for how much we had on the agenda. I remember we ended at around 830 p.m., uh, which was really impressive given that we had like agenda items. Um, so I think it was good that we timed the presentations um, and cut people off if necessary. Um, I also think it was smart that we passed the ADA budget resolution on the first reading um, because we saw that there were capital questions about it. Um, so I think that was also a smart decision. Um, also, yeah, I think we also went through the meetings really efficiently. So overall, I think this meeting went really well. But I'd like to open it up to any other examples. Yeah, the only thing I would say from that meeting with the motioning, we did both uh, my commission as well as Yeah, um, uh, Commissioner Miller's presentation. Uh, presentation. Uh, so it's on the first reading, which I think, I actually think it was fine for both of those things because they weren't like or anything, but in terms of best practice, I would sort of recommend having two readings for things that aren't urgent and then they don't have that superseded. Um, so I feel like that's kind of my opinion. There's a reason that we have a shooting system. And I think that maybe 800 resolution, something that I don't know if you can talk about more, it's kind of like a kind of feedback to have a specific meeting. Yeah, I'm just going to add to opens up more opportunities for people to get feedback. Um, and it also gives commissioners more time to work on the solutions. It often helps the process, but I think the only reason why we did it is because, like, Everyone was very tired from the and we were just having really long days, but I think moving keep the procedure. And I think on the second meeting, we don't have to, it doesn't have to be a whole thing. Like, debate should be on the first meeting. The second meeting is we, um, for the record, know any changes, but you don't think we have to like, be litigated. Does anyone else have thoughts about the uh, last four years commission meeting? Okay. Seeing none, um, we please go ahead and five. Um, item number five is general public comment for matters under the jurisdiction of the commission's executive committee, but not on today's agenda. Members of the public wish to provide public comment on any matters. Press star three now, or if you're joining us via WebEx, you should raise your hand in the app. If you are here in person, you may <laughs> um, your in your comments online is uh, you've been unmuted if you called in or you will hear two weeks if you join me via WebEx. 
and um, Vice Chair Barker Plummer, you have the uh, item number six is business. So all items to follow discussion with possible action. And first we'll review Commissioner Kim. No, but you can go to the drive. <laughs> Yeah, it isn't it isn't yeah. yeah. So um this is the updated um attendance for the whole year. Um so right now um the uh commissioner in is fully at three excuse absences for both fully commission and civic engagement. So if they have three unexcused absences. Um, for the bullying commission, they will be asked to resign. Um, and then regarding civic engagement committee, if they get two more um, unexcused absences, they will be asked to join the group. And then other than that, um, Commissioner Shaw, we have one more excuse absence to use, Commissioner Eddie, and then Commissioner Loftus. Uh, and then also for uh, Commissioner Loftus and Commissioner Hum and civic engagement committee, we have one more. Excused, um, and then for March. So now I'm breaking down each month uh, for attendance. So this is the attendance uh, for this month. As you can see, I've added everyone. Okay. Um, thank you. What is our staff talking to the commissioner? Here? I think that's the only commissioner. Uh, yeah, they're they're aware that they have to like left for civic engagement. And for and. I will double check that we did not change. I can't recall. Okay. I just know we have talked about Sydney meeting. Okay. Yeah. Um, any discussion on this matter? I have a clarification question. So, wait, is three excuse absences like equal to something that's not excuse? No, after three excuse absences, you can't get any. You can't excuse. Oh, right. Okay, yeah, so it's three. So basically, you can have up to three excused and then three unexcused. But if you have automatically three unexcused with like no like communication, then that's up to removal. But it's different with committees. So with committees, if you have three unexcused, you're just will be asked to leave that committee and join another committee. So it's like a second opportunity <laughs> to not be But uh, some of y'all's uh, absences in September, October will be kind of clean in uh, April for those months. There'll be like six month period. And yeah, I don't think that applies to the No. Yeah. No. This is a lot like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Any other questions or discussion? Hearing that, um, we'll move to updates on Commission Outreach and Communications from Commissioner Sestana. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry. Thank you. 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 Thank you.
Did you just share it? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> Did you type the email correct? Cry. Okay. Gmail's not. That's weird. Oh, it just it just happened. Yeah, it does happen. You can click on the, the drop arrow so that this comes don't show you that. Is it the first one? Yeah. 
Okay. No, we're in a Uh, 
a resolution they want the push of us so we can have that on file. Um, Joy and John can probably speak more with this, but the vision zero, the vision zero task force they met with them. Um, and because of the resolution that was passed, uh, we're currently recommending them to see how we can open up the UC on that task force and just paying all the stations. Um, something I want to talk about uh, that uh, we talked about uh, as far as LEOs is just the registration referred process. Um, and so this is an idea that we won't implement for this next full YC because that's next week, but just for future process, um, we're thinking of doing a new process with referring legislation. So right now we have chairs referring uh, piece of legislation to us. Um, and so what we're thinking about is how chairs continue to refer pieces of leg, uh, but then have that those pieces of legislation talk over with their uh, respective committees just to have more input on pieces of legislation because we just want to make sure that Again, we're being representative of all the ones in NYC. Um, and then once the committee approves, we then send it to the voice. So it just brings in the more commissioners um, when we talk about referral legislation. Um, and we just want to test it out. It could be too tedious, and we might be like, you know, but it's just an idea that, that, came, that we came out with. Um, so I want to test it out and see how that works. Uh, if you have any questions about it, just let me know. Um, and then, Yes. Oh, of um, essentially, the committees are going to be talking about that piece of legislation so that we could also report that. Uh, that way, it would hopefully speed up the process for those legislations in the whole. Um, I think that actually concludes the report. Anyway, there's anything else to add? Um, we're also going to be reaching out to individual commissioners or incumbents, um, sponsored or co-written a uh, resolution. We're going to start reaching out to them to help uh, serve their own. And as LAOs, we're going to help them. Thank you. I have one question. I guess I'm a little bit concerned about the timeline for referring legislation because we had days officially, so about eight, two weeks. And then, like, I think it's less of an issue for the preventing committees because they meet like the following week. But my question is like, so they can engage the education committee, we meet the Tuesday after a full commission meeting. Oh. So if we wanted to do that, it would have to be, they have to be introduced and then referred in the way in order for it to go to the and actually be later. Thank you. That's so legislation has to fall under a rule that hopefully will give us comfort. Um, and at the end of the day, they can also just not do the 30 day rule yeah. that is expedited. Um, yeah, um, yes, um, since it does follow the 30 day rule, it gives us a little more leeway than what we want to call days. And like, uh, it should be fine. It's like, the BOS is pushing something like very urgently, and like sometimes it just goes to the full full BOS will committee for for many. Yeah. So um, generally, we do have a pretty much yeah. And I think in that case, it's worth trying and seeing how it works. It's not a good idea. Um, it might not work practically every time with the big education committee. I'm just kind of thinking. Practically, but I think it should work better. Um, yeah. Okay. 
Thank you so much, Mr. Arnold, and we'll take you as you go and kind of sit for a week. Thank you for being here. Right. Figure it out, right? But thanks for bringing it up. Have any other questions for comments? Okay. Um, I would just say that I think it's like a good idea to like do things like through committees. So like the committee could kind of like um maybe even like yeah, like take lead and already like have like thoughts and like background information, like be nice for the full youth commission. Um but yeah, this is just in general, there needs to be a shorter like timeline because a lot of things that like all requests to be referred or I know other people have, it just it just takes like too long to the point that um, like BOS is already like voted on it, even when like, like, I don't know, like we, we don't, I don't even get into specifics, but it just takes too long in general. So it's, it would be good. Like if whatever, like a piece of legislation is requested and like, I mean, like, it's impossible, like, for the legislation, but the sweeps, like, be on the next, like, Monday's agenda, but it needs to at least be on, you know, the next week. So, otherwise, it won't be in time. So, I don't, I don't really know what the, like, issue is, but it just seems like it takes forever. Another comment. That's really well, I want to give a, oh, do you want to, yeah. yeah, yeah, I guess I just want to make sure I understand what you're saying. Maybe I'm just not understanding. You're saying like the process from the moment you're like, different. It's like, hey, I want to request that. Yeah. So like, yeah, I guess I'm too Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So like, you know, like if I get the email on like Thursday or Friday, or I, I go and look and I see, okay, like, and you know, I want something referred. I, I remember what the I think it was shared spaces where I requested it, and then there was so it was like the week before exact met. It wasn't on, so it was like Thursday, and then exec was meeting the following Wednesday. It, it didn't get put on the agenda for that full youth commission because I, I don't know why it didn't happen. Um, so then it wasn't on that full youth commission. So essentially, it ended up taking over three weeks before it was on the full youth commission's agenda. Okay. So I don't know. It's just, it, I don't know. That feels like a long time to me. I got you. I hear that. Well, the whole thing is moving forward that because now we're including committees in it, we wouldn't have to worry about the lack of OIT, so hopefully that will help keep the legislation moving within OIT. Yeah, I think it's just, sorry. It's just like important that it gets on the exact agenda so that it can be What would you? Oh, yeah, I was gonna say, um, I know you guys were talking about how you're gonna reach out to new commissioners who haven't sponsored any legislation, um, but I was recently talking to Joy about how like, I wanna bring up my resolutions to the district is again um, because they totally slipped my mind that that was like something that I could do. So I think it would be a good reminder to like reach out to commissioners who have like passed a lot of um, legislation that they can set up meetings with their district supervisors. And even if it's people that haven't sponsored legislation, they like still come to your district like, hey, this is something that they need permission to do. And it's really important. So yeah, I think that's something that um, LAOs and Joy would consider. It's just like, Reaching out to commissioners and reminding them that they can schedule meetings and talk about stuff is doing. Um, you know, like I, I know that the like all youth commissioners are supposed to be that they're like the holding officials, but like scheduling meetings like about specific topics that I need to give it out to get. Yeah, I think um sorry. No, I mean I was just not on top of that. 
it also doesn't have to do with the supervisor specifically or the mayor specifically. Like they have staffs that we should be constant contact with. It's good for every commissioner to personally ask me to be about an issue that they And at this point, I believe um, almost every commissioner will have met with their at least the legislative aides, um, minus Chairman. Um, but Chairman has um, connections to the office already. Um, but yes, the legislative aides are all, can always be here to too, and they are one explicitly said to everyone before that like, you're more than welcome to reach to them. And I also want to be mindful that um, I also checked in with the BLS offices every two weeks um, just to like give, uh, like Alondra and I have already like walked to the legislation so that we're giving them two weeks. Check, we're going to check them and then be like, hey, have you talked to the supervisor and blah, 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 and like, what do you think about it? And then like, um, we bring new legislation because um, I want to be mindful that the POS offices are working on a lot of legislation and like, um, I want to see their timeline on this before I bring another one to them. Um, so that is just something that um, I'm doing so that they're not bombarded by us because they already get a lot of emails from uh, okay, any other comments, questions regarding uh, yeah. one, one more thing on the legislation repair process, not sure that um, officers come and Sean got into it. Is um, when you have seen when commissioner, especially the chairs, see something that they're interested in. Please reach out to like um, Stephen and David as soon as possible because um, they really want to like talk to the chairs on like is this legislation something that the youth commission is like prioritizing? Is this in our list of priorities? Why is this like the use of like youth commission time? Because they'll like talk to there to see if this is something that should be referred or should just be something we are monitoring. Okay? Because I also we also want to be mindful along with um, Vice Chair Barbara Palmer and Chairwoman that like um, it takes a lot of time in new commission meetings and sometimes it does go on for a while and just want to be the most efficient. I would just add to that that in I think it's important that there is that open line of communication, but that often needs to be reacted to relatively quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Just to know, like I'm not. Like I did on Friday, got something and I didn't hear back. So no, yeah. Um to comment on that and on that. Uh, that's fair. Um do we want to work on our end on reaching out. What the point is is something that we talked about before, but you guys got an email and we put it on. But I mean was like you know, okay, yeah, first. But now it's just going to have to talk about it, be like, hey, you have time to talk about it. It's over the phone, so we just talk this through. Um, and I do apologize that that was a mess. So it's I just think we're talking about that, and on our end, just wanting to reach out to chairs 
So like if we get into the offer or we can be like pretty free to let's put this talk real quick and see if you can send us an email. Um, and then I think that will help. Yeah. I feel like in general, like people are being discouraged from referring legislation, or at least I feel like I've been not by like just I feel like there's like kind of like this attitude that it's a waste of time. And I don't feel like it's a waste of time. And I feel like issues are important and that if people want them referred, then it should be referred and the committee should vote on it. And like then people can have their say there. But I feel like a lot of times, like, you know. With shared spaces, everybody acted like it was the worst thing in the world that I wanted that referred, and it was it was really frustrating, and I feel discouraged from you know referring things in the future based on that. Um, so I just wanted to to point that out, and I'd also say that I I feel like I'll talk to people who are like you know not not necessarily LAOs, but about like referring stuff, and they don't want it referred because you know they feel like it'll get referred, and then the youth commission will go against their own you know. Belief or whatever on it, and you know that's they should have their say, like when we write the memo and whatever. But it shouldn't be that like people are saying, "Oh, we're not going to put this on the agenda because you know it's going to go against you know my belief or I don't want to talk about this topic." Whatever. I don't know. I just feel like we should. It shouldn't be discouraged, and I feel like I've been discouraged from referring legislation. Sorry, I've talked so much, but I don't know. I hear that. I think it's. It's one of those things that balance, right? Because on one hand, I think that like I would, we want people to refer to legislation, we want to hear everybody's voices to show that we're doing what we signed up to do. And in the same token, it's like when we're talking about pieces of when we have so much on the YC agenda, and then it's like people can't put their full attention into the legislation that's referred because we just had sent it to us, it just gets hard. I think that's just the ongoing conversation of just like how to look down to make sure people aren't discouraged, but also that people aren't like overwhelmed. Can I bring like a staff perspective on this? Yes, please. Yeah. So for me, it's like I truly want um, not to discourage y'all from you know asking for legislation referred. But my issue is that y'all don't read any of the legislation referred. Y'all got called out by legislative aide Farah from Oregon's office saying that y'all didn't even read the legislation that was referred to the youth commission. How embarrassing is that? When we have so many legislation referred and half of y'all, maybe even 80% of you don't understand the material that is in front of you. I know that y'all have due diligence of, you know, reading the materials, you know, looking at the agenda, seeing what's going on. But, you know, I think there's a thing that, like, I know a lot of y'all are really passionate about these issues, but not even your peers care. So I think there's, like, different modes that we could still, you know, uplift, like, legislation that we want to be referred by. I think there needs to be due diligence from the youth commissioner themselves of reading the legislation and understanding what they're voting on. Because if I ask any of the commissioners, what did you just vote on, they'll probably tell you, I don't know. I just don't think that that's my fault that other people and you know I'm not saying it's your fault. I'm not saying it's your fault. I'm not. I'm not I, I know. I'm not. I'm okay. I'm just saying. I'm that I can't. Up to the discretion of the chair to see how much other commissioners outside of the exec can involved in this meeting for the official for time efficiency. Thanks. <laughs> um, okay. I think that we've had a well-rounded discussion on this topic, so I think we can move to the next. Uh, Item. Budget presentation to the Board of Supervisors Budget and Appropriations Committee. 
Yes. So I will be pulling up um, your slides and you will essentially, this is a run through and present it as if you are going to be presenting for the budget and appropriations committee and staff has prepared questions. We're going to make it a little fun and we chose different um, like um, supervisors to represent from the, the budget and appropriations committee. So this is for fun. I'm very curious. So John, would you like to know who we chose? Or yes. So Alondra is Supervisor Hillary Groban, and I chose um, Supervisor Connor And we also based some of our questions off of the two other members that we cannot represent. So, wait, 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 <laughs> yeah, oh god. Okay. And the one that's good. Um so um so I think first we wanted to just get uh made to talk about this before we begin okay. the wonder itself. Did you want to yeah, well, I think it would be good if we just like received feedback on the presentation itself. Um, I don't think we should spend that much time on it because obviously like content and being prepared for questions is more important. But we should talk about it. Um, and I wanted to talk about something like specifically with HRT stuff. Um, I talked to Commissioner Miller about this, but like and Joy actually. But for the BBPs, like from HRT and also like the school safety, um, we had like multiple oh. topics within one week. So it was like a little confusing to talk about like the background for several issues and then go into the recommendations for several issues. So what we did is we separated them by its topics of like if you could go to the next slide like we have slow streets we have uh, like car free spaces and then we have public parks and stuff so i just think that makes more sense and i think we should implement the same thing for the school safety yeah cec yeah because i think right now like <laughs> we, yeah we should just separate it by topics like they can go under like the same recommendation the same branch but like we should separate them so that like this one, what is this? Is this uh oh, this is that safety? Physical safety. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and then have the recommendation here. Um yeah, I was wondering if they have the recommendation to after. Because all the just here you have this and then you have another one down here. Well, I think it's really nice. It makes more sense if we do like the background for one issue and the recommendation for that issue. Because if we go from like sexual assault to like physical safety infrastructure or or like yeah, the the, the gun stuff. Is this the safety thing under the safety infrastructure, or that's safe? Right yeah, now? because there's the recommendations for this are like two slides away from the. Does that make sense? Yeah, I have What what are people's thoughts on like this? I I like that. I also think it might be worth doing that. But I'll, like this, I think it's beneficial to have like recommendation. I think it's beneficial to have on the same slide the recommendation as Yes. I'll also say so. I feel like we might want to do that for all of them, and that will cut down on the slides as well. Hopefully, 
Also, I know it's hard, but like cut down on the number. Right? We have on each slide because two things. Plus two. Plus three. Yeah. Plus three. There are two. There's, these slides are wordy, and these are really difficult uh, issues. But I just remind people of two things. One is that we are going to be there to talk about it. So whatever is not on the slide, we can say. And then second of all, supervisors' offices have the BPPs themselves. We're not going to be able to put the BPPs on slides and be like, here's all the information that's in it because these are like pages long documents. So um, yeah, I think cutting down on that, having main points there, making notes for yourself, what would you do want to mention if they're not added to the slide, um, and have the recommendations on there. Any other comments before we begin our run? So, go ahead. So, yeah. I mean, I think um, on what you said about like the separating the topics, like we don't need to do that. It's just like just the most. Yeah, I think just I think it's it's too. What do you think? Search just BC and then buffer agents. Because I don't think we need to do it. Also. We should definitely do it. I, mean, I think we should just do it. Like the most with like favorite issues. Does that make sense? There you go. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Like, for sure. Uh, no, I mean, I think I do, but I, I'm kind of disagreeing with you, which is I think like it's better to have the recommendation out there as well. On the same slide as the Yeah, so like, so like, this thing can just fit it. You wanted them to be less wordy. That's never going to fit, especially for recommendations. Well, that's why we need to cut down on the amount of. But we could just talk about the background because it's still important. Okay. I I mean, my my opinion on the matter is not that strong. Okay. Um, so clearly, if people want it that way, it's fine. But my point about the wordiness still stands. Like this yeah. address vision zero is is, is too much. Well, we, we, I agree with that. I also know. I think when during our last meeting, we agreed with recommendations part, and I'm noticing that a lot of people's recommendations have like this settings too. I think those can be deleted. And you can elaborate that just makes sense. That's an easy way to make this line. That's true. So I agree with you. I must say, I agree with you. Uh, about this. I think the big take of space text isn't necessary. Uh, yeah, and obviously, these kind of things we don't do. That's what it means. A bees? Never mind. The second one I feel like it's. I don't think it'd be. I think it'd be. I think it'd be. Okay. What what slides are you? I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I think we need the bees. I also think that. Yeah, I think bees like A B A A. I don't think that's small. Like that's. Are y'all ready? Meeting, and then we'll also have another opportunity to do it. Right? Um, 
Yes. They want the presentation by tomorrow, 5 p.m. Okay, great. They are supporting documents. Okay. Yes, Commissioner. I'm noticing all, there's a lot of differences in each slide, just things like formatting, that type of thing. Like some recommendations are numbers folded, the way that things are distributed. Um, and so I think there needs to be, I think it all needs to be more cohesive. And I'm wondering how, like, do we want to all agree on the format of this or like, Continue on the task of like making it all the same. I just want to know how we want to move forward to make these look more aligned with each other. I agree. I mean, yeah, I think that's something we can talk about like really quickly right now. Um, I, I know you mentioned like taking out the subtitles at the top to make it less wordy. Um, I, I don't think I agree. I think that's the first thing we can do. And then my other thing was the subtitles and the recommendations. So, recommendations. I mentioned in the slide the slides, slide presentations are meant to help spur your presentation along. They're not the main thing. Yes, people, someone shouldn't have to be like reading the slide. They should be listening to you and that should help you present. Oh, uh, yeah, we can take it out of the other side. Yeah, I'm happy. Sometimes I'm a spirit, that's whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you want to make yourselves. Yeah, you'll be just just to set the stage. You'll be at a podium, so if you want to have like people in front of you with notes and stuff, you can actually. I will be doing that. This is like I've I've used props before. It's fine. I'm gonna have uh, my whole piece, but also don't. I mean, but also don't be like looking yeah. and then make eye contact with Cameron and Walter. Chair. And they're like, so we're going to have a self y'all on my contacts. No. With that, can we move forward to what's through the presentation yes. itself? Because it itself is lengthy. Did you wait to see what we What's our next step? Yeah, we can talk Oh, yeah, you can have the subheadings. Why don't you pick up all of the subheadings? Yeah, that's the question. And then everyone tonight go through and check their slides to make sure there's any like, what they want. Now, let us begin. Is there something you want? No, I'm sorry. Oh, it's all right. I mean, I, sorry, I was going to say I was stuck. Okay. Uh, I'm going to share when I think it's okay. So, oh, I'm gonna go. do y'all want to stand up or? Yes. We don't stand up for that. Yeah. You're, You're, at the podium. Podium. You're at the podium. I can, I know how to stand up. So I'll stand up. <laughs> 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 I'm glad. Congratulations. Um, Ready? Yes. Okay. Hello, supervisors. Um, my name is Emily Wynn. I am the District 11 appointee on the San Francisco Youth Commission, and I also serve as their chair. Um, today, we'll be presenting to you our budget and policy priorities. Next slide, please. Um, so, a little bit about the Youth Commission. The Youth Commission is basically the youth voice of City Hall. Um, we got our power and our authority through the city charter in 1995. Um, and we're made up of 17 young people ages 12 to 23, and our basic role is to advise the mayor and you guys, the Board of Supervisors, on youth issues. Next slide, please. 
Um, we have four committees. We have exec, um, which basically ensures that the youth commission is functioning. Um, HRT focusing on issues such as meaning and youth homelessness, and CEC, which focuses on focuses on issues such as youth engagement um, in local government and in their schools. Um, we also have TJ, which covers issues such as juvenile criminal justice, um, environmental justice, and prison reform. Next slide, please. Um, our budget and policy priorities um, are basically a roadmap for how um, the city should provide services to youth residents. Um, we want to ensure that youth's needs are met through the budget, and um, therefore we create a report every year to the Board of Supervisors um, containing all of our priorities and um, that we created. Yeah, that's that's so that you know if there's anything that does work, you have to keep going. Also, do you want me to present this? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to need to I mean, do you, do you know what? I mean, it's up to you. No, no, no. I was just asking. <laughs> um, and then HRT. Next slide, please. So this is, yeah. Great. So, um, Aiden Miller, I'm the district California and the chair of the House of Recreation and Transportation Committee. Um, we've assembled six EPPs um, for you today. Um, okay, this is the Google slides. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. So, our first PPP is. Um, Expanding access to youth recreational spaces. Um, we've identified multiple issue areas that we wanted to talk about today. First being slow streets. Um, the Youth Commission has supported slow streets since 2021. Um, and as you all know, in December of 2022, the SFMTA created its permanent slow streets program. Um, our recommendation for this is to maintain and expand the slow streets program, um, given that we know that slow streets provide many opportunities for youth to access recreational spaces safely. Um, and we want to ensure that um, the SFMTA continues their maintenance of these slow streets and that they're fully Next slide, please. Um, the next thing that we wanted to talk about was access to car-free spaces. Um, as you all know, car-free JFK became permanent after November 2022. Um, and since then, we've seen 36% more trips of you know, walking, biking, rolling, and strolling on JFK. However, we continue, we need to continue ensuring that everyone has access to JFK, especially by transit. Um, our recommendations are to assist transit delay in the inner sunset and in Gate Park by um, creating a plan to re reduce public transit delays, especially on 9th Avenue. Um, we want to ensure that we are restricting parking and loading changes and also increasing parking enforcement. Oh. oh, did it move? Yes. Our second recommendation is to maintain and expand car-free spaces. Um, seeing the success of Carcrew JFK and that there's 36% more daily trips um, of activity, we want to ensure that the, the city is doing its due diligence to study how we could expand car-free spaces throughout the city by completing a study um, on other streets and potentially making those car -free. Next slide, please. Um, the next thing we wanted to talk about was public parks. So, um, I also, why is Emily presenting so much of the charity when 
I was only, the ones I'm presenting, I'm presenting part of it. This is all one BPP so far. We're only on Because I wrote this BPP. There's just many ones. Oh, this is one. I was trying to go through them more um, I mean, Aiden, I'm taking a look at the but we're taking it. I think it's fine. Yeah. Like, we're doing it even if, um, it, sh it just seems like I'm doing a lot because I need to introduce it. So maybe we might end up moving back around, but it's just going to take care. Uh, we'll yeah. Like, maybe something else can take. Yeah. So let's, let's keep going, but thanks. <laughs> um, By the way, I love you. Okay. <laughs> So, uh, regarding public parks, um, obviously we all know that Wolfgang Park is one of the biggest parks, or it is the biggest park in the city, and it receives more investment and overall like visitors to the park because of attractions such as um, the many museums in the park and also the Ferris wheel. But as a result, we know that other city parks, um, for example, John McLaren, um, which is near District 11, tend to underperform um, as an asset of the city, and we want to ensure that all parks all throughout the city get equal investment. Um, so our recommendation is to um, support SM recreation and parks department efforts um, in order to ensure that parks all throughout the city are getting the needed investment, especially those that need improvements. Next slide, please. Great. So another component of our um, expanding access uh, to youth centered recreation spaces uh, is the need um, to increase um, access uh, to recreational destinations, such as the Burn Headlands. As you may know, um, more than one in three households in San Francisco do not own a car, and low-income and households of color are even less likely to own a car. This is also a really important issue for youth, as many youth are not able to legally or choose not to drive a car. Um, Previously, before the pandemic, UNI operated the 76 x Marin Headlands Express, which provided service on weekends and holidays um, with service every hour from San Francisco to the Marin Headlands. This was the only public transportation connection from San Francisco to the Marin Headlands National Park. Um, our ask here is to restore the 76 x bus um, by funding and urging the SFMTA to uh, seek grants such as from the Gate National Recreation Area for the operation of this service. Um, another um, BPP of ours is um, expanding access to Camp Neither, similarly to the Marin Headlands. Um, this San Francisco family camp located uh, near the Yosemite Valley um, is operated by the Pacific Park Department and provides um, over 10 sessions throughout the summer for families to enjoy this um, outdoor space away from the city. However, there's currently no way for families who do not have access to a car um, to access camp either. And there is no transportation for many of the young staff at the camp either. Um, we recommend that um, you provide funding for the San Francisco Rec and Park Department to provide public transportation service for at least 25% of the family sessions at Camp um, And the next thing we wanted to talk about was public spaces in general. Um, so the mix at SFPL is a very unique space. 
um, where they can have opportunities to engage with the program in various ways. However, the only hours of operation um, are either after 12 or after 1, which restricts the accessibility of all youth, especially in the summer um, when the youth do not have school and could want to use the space in the morning. Um, so our recommendation is to um, look into expanding hours at the mix at SMPL in order to ensure that youth um, are getting as many opportunities as they need to further their skills and hobbies. Next slide, please. Um, and our next EDP was addressing Mission Zero. Um, so the Youth Commission focused on this issue and we found um, a variety of things. So first of that being that the lack of progress in Mission Zero is very evident. Um, since 2018, traffic deaths have risen rather than decreased. Um, San Francisco just ended 22, but 2022 with 32 deaths, which is tied with a decade high in 2016, which shows how as a city, we've been moving backwards rather than forwards. Um, and some of our main takeaways when looking into the topic of Vision Zero was that speed is one of the largest factors to traffic fatalities. Um, and even, even minor reductions in speed can improve outcomes. Um, and lessen the potential of traffic fatalities. We believe that automated speed enforcement would be an effective measure to reduce crashes that are related to speeding. Um, we also found that the SFMTA watered down many of its Woodfield um, safety and traffic calling projects, specifically with um, Valencia and San Jose Avenue. Um, these are two heavily utilized and dangerous corridors, and um, communities have called for more initiative on these. On these streets and for more traffic calming and safety projects. However, we've seen little to no progress. Um, our last and final takeaway is that SFPD does not focus on the five, does not focus on focus on the five um, in certain districts, and that enforcement is very inconsistent all throughout San Francisco, um, especially on the high injury network. And um, moving to our recommendations, next slide, please. Um, so first, we want to restart the Vision Zero Task Force, uh, specifically including a youth seat. Um, second, as we mentioned earlier, we've seen that automated, or we found that automated speed enforcement is a very effective solution um, to reduce crashes related to speeding, and we believe that um, it would be effective to reintroduce the pilot program to allow for speed cameras in San Francisco. Um, our next recommendation is to um, speed up street safety projects um, and ensure that we are pushing the SFMTA as much as possible to ensure that these projects are completed and fully implemented all throughout the city. We also want to see that SFMTA prioritize Vision Zero projects, especially near schools. Um, projects near schools tend to get more approval, like all tend to get more consistent approval. Um, from the community and we believe that it, it is important as there's more um, street activity in your schools. We also want to see more funding for Vision Zero initiatives and more follow through. And lastly, we want to ensure that the SFGD is focusing on the five, um, especially on the high injury network. Next slide, please. So our next BPP is uh, making transportation services accessible and reliable for youth. Um, some important things we found researching this is that many of the muni lines that the SFMTA has committed to restoring um, or still has no plan to restore um, overwhelmingly serve youth riders. For example, the 28R 19th Avenue um, serves 40% um, of youth riders compared to a system-wide 20% youth. Um, as mentioned previously, many youth can or choose not to drive 
So they rely on public transportation services such as Muni to get to school and other um, destinations and uh, programs throughout the city. Um, buses are also very overcrowded, especially around the schools, which leads to pass-ups of students. Um, surveys have found that more than 80% of students who ride the 29 bus have experienced a pass-up at least once. The SFMTA does have a program to address these pass-ups called the School Tripper Program, which starts empty buses outside of select schools after school. However, the current program is limited and does not serve all San Francisco middle and high schools. The program also doesn't have clear metrics that determine where school trippers are allocated, leading to smaller schools receiving multiple school trippers, while the largest public high school in the district, Lowell, receives nine. In addition to Muni, we've looked into issues of BART and other transportation agencies that, due to the fact that Muni is free for all youth, um, there are higher barriers for accessing these systems, as many no longer carry a youth clipper card which provides them access to discounted fares on these systems. Our recommendations to address this are providing funding for Muni um, to reach 100% service restoration. To do this, we'll definitely need more operating funding for Muni service, and this could come from local sources, uh, including supporting of future revenue measures for Muni, general fund dollars, and supporting other revenue generation measures, such as expanding parking meter hours. We'd also love for you to participate in advocacy around state and federal transportation uh, dollars. Uh, additionally, we want to um, urge the SFMTA to expand their school tripper program and ensure that with this expansion, there are clear metrics for how the school tripper resources are distributed to ensure they're equitably and fairly distributed amongst all SFUSD schools. I guess if they weren't here, I might have to present this. <laughs> okay, um, so we found that um, in our research of the, uh, the topic of youth and transitional age youth homelessness, uh, federal and local inaction has contributed to a steadily worsening crisis in San Francisco. Um, recently, the point or the 2022 point in time report found that there was more than 1,000 youth and transitional age youth experiencing homelessness in San Francisco. Um, and 84% of this, these homeless uh, youth and Tay were unsheltered. Black and LGBTQ plus youth are disproportionate, disproportionately impacted by homelessness. And navigation centers, such as the Tay Navigation Center, or yeah, navigation centers are critical to assisting unhoused people, and we looked into the recently opened Tate Navigation Center at 700 High Street. Our recommendations in terms of addressing uh, youth homelessness is um, can't, sorry, it's, uh, expanding San Francisco's network of navigation centers to ensure that there are enough beds for people experiencing homelessness, and exploring the possibility of creating a second navigation center that's solely dedicated to serving the needs of transitional age youth, which may differ from the needs of other unsheltered persons. Um, if we do look into this navigation center, it's really important that the navigation centers serve a wide uh, geographic diversity of the city as um, 
the, the navigation centers uh, work best serving their local community. So we want to ensure that they're distributed throughout the city. Um, we also know that current caseworkers are overworked and it creates uh, difficulties for them in providing the best um, services to their clients. So we want to encourage the city to hire more case managers um, to ensure that there's an adequate um, staffing of that. Um, lastly, we want to increase funding for development of on-site services. It's really important to meet people where they are. So we want to be able to provide um, uh, services at these navigation centers that can transition these people um, into uh, more permanent um, support. Uh, our next BBB is setting their removal of the central freeway. Um, so, when looking into this topic, we've identified several issues with the central freeway. First of that being a literal community division. So, um, back when the Federal Interstate Highway Act was passed, um, many planners routed highways directly and intentionally through black and brown communities. And recently, in historical um, analysis of census data, revealed that um, the central freeway and freeways in San Francisco in general were a color um, with notably very different racial compositions on each side. Um, another issue we found with the central is air pollution. Um, we all know that freeways are generally very bad for the environment, so I won't go into the exact statistics, but um, you know, residents who live near freeways experience traffic pollution um, on the daily basis and in their everyday life. Um, the next issue we found was pedestrian safety. So. Um, in an investigation by the San Francisco Standard about which streets were most likely to get hit on, four out of the 10 intersections that they identified were right by the central freeway. So we have 5th and Market, Market and Octavia, 6th and Market. Um, and we we know that um, for the Soma, which is um, becoming an increasingly residential neighborhood, um, the people there, especially the youth, are endangered every day because of the freeway. Next slide, please. Um, and with the Embarcadero and Octavia Boulevard, when looking into this topic, the Youth Commission found that both freeway removals were, although not perfect, they were pretty successful. Um, so in the 1989 earthquake, um, uh, the earthquake damaged both of the freeways, and um, as a result, both boulevards had to be investigated um, because they were both broken. And so when um, the freeways were taken down, the, both of these boulevards turned into beautiful community spaces. Um, there was more overall foot traffic in both places. There were increases in jobs, retail sales, affordable housing, and also um, public transit was just more encouraged overall, um, especially for the Embarcadero. Um, the Embarcadero became much more friendly to transit and bicyclists, um, and we want to ensure that as a city, we're meeting our goals, um, especially with our transit first policy. Um, and also, for concerns for traffic, um, many people had concerns that removing these freeways would increase traffic. But um, according to a Caltrans study, uh, traffic failed to materialize for both freeways. So, um, yeah, these are just examples of a few successful freeway removals in San Francisco, and we believe that we should study how we can look into removing the central freeway safely um, and thoughtfully. Next slide, please. So, our recommendations are first to study the freeway. Um, we actually have a clause in the San Francisco general plan that says that the freeway should be studied. So um, we're just urging the board supervisors to work with Caltrans in order to identify which documents we need in order to complete the study, which has already been called for. Um, the next thing is finding the money to do the study. 
Um, so with the recent federal um, reconnecting communities pilot program, we want to look into how we can use that kind of funding to study the central freeway. Um, and the last thing is to just listen to the community. Um, we know that recently more than 100 organizations um, and nonprofits sent a letter to the planning department asking to be a part of this conversation. Um, and we want to ensure as we're following through with the study and as we're finding money for the study and as we're moving forward in general, we're centering the voices of communities that have traditionally been left out of conversations, especially especially within urban planning. Next slide, please. Um, our next BPP is uh, making or continuing the free beauty for all youth uh, program. Um, free beauty for youth has long been championed by the commission with advocacy initially starting in the early 2000s. It was launched as a meets tested program, but recently it was shifted uh, thanks to the support of the mayor and the board to being free for all youth 18 and under. Um, a study conducted by the MTA found that 61% of current free beauty for all um, youth users did not use the uh, previous means-tested program, as there were many barriers to participation in the program, such as requiring documentation, uh, forms that were only available at specific locations and in limited languages. The free mini for all youth program also reduces youth contact with uh, fair enforcement and other uh, police-like personnel. Obviously, this is a great program, but we need your support to keep it going. Um, we, we urge you uh, to continue the free mini for all youth program and provide funding so the MTA can continue to include it in its baseline budgets, despite the financial issues that the MTA is facing. We encourage you uh, and the MTA to apply for grants to support the funding of the program and continue to promote the program, especially at the beginning of school years. So all students are, uh, are aware of the program and can take advantage of it. Awesome. Okay, my name is Jocelyn Collin. I'm the District Knight of T and the Chair of the Regional Justice Committee. Next slide. Or wait, should I say who's in my committee? I think at this point, the Chair, so we should do this. Oh, yeah. Hello, my name is Megan. Oh, right, yes. Oh, oh, she, oh, yeah, but she's not in, she doesn't have any for the LG because she doesn't have any. Uh, oh, that's fine. So just wait for the Hello, my name is Commissioner Shah. I am the Vice Chair of the TJP. All right. So the first um, BPP we had for committee was alternatives to youth and transitional age youth incarceration, and that is not updated. That's okay. Uh, so this has been a long time work of the Youth Commission. It started. In 2020, when the Youth Commission wrote a committee as well, um, urging for the closure of juvenile hall. Uh, and this came when in 2019, supervisors introduced the legislation um, to close juvenile hall. And then in 2021, uh, Syracuse Closed Juvenile Hall Workgroup published an 88 page report with 39 proposals about the hall and the conditions and what they expected the city to do. Um, however, it now three years later, the hall continues to remain open. Um, so in December 14, 2022, the commissioners met with the General Justice Center Chief Miller to discuss um, the current conditions in the hall and speak about what has been done and what hasn't been done um, in relation to the report that was written by the work groups. Um, and it was really insightful um, 
we learned that it seemed that during the creation of the 39 recommendations, um, the legality of the proposals were never checked um, to see whether the Board of Supervisors or the mayor have the power to approve and uphold these recommendations. And we also learned that a lot of the recommendations needed um, state to sign off on them and other agencies such as probation, probation officers, courts, police officers, and public health employees. Uh, so the city never had a formal obligation to uphold any of the proposals that were created. Um, in February 2023, um, certain commissioners also had the opportunity to tour Juvenile Hall with Chief Miller and see the current building conditions, um, learn about the different rooms and resources um, that are given to the youth inside and learn more statistics about it. And yeah, as I mentioned, as of today, San Francisco's Juvenile Hall remains open and the city is paying about $1.1 million for each detained youth inside. And it seems that there's no plan in what to do with the juvenile offenders and there's delays in creating alternative support programs uh, for rehabilitation and most importantly, identifying an alternative site, which seems um, has been like the biggest problem. Next slide. So the Youth Commission is recommending the Board of Supervisors and the Mayor to continue to fund city departments and CEOs that support youth and provide violence prevention and youth development. Um, we are also asking for an increase of funding for the Juvenile Justice Center's basic needs and programs such resources available for detained youth um, inside. For example, when we toured um, Juvenile Hall, Chief Miller explained how they finally have some budget some funding in their budget to give the youth inside their own undergarments, which was really surprising to hear because in the past um, they've been reused. And then lastly, we're asking for the board of supervisors and the mayor to work with the state and courts to finalize a plan to improve and possibly expand the existing facility uh, that is grounded in rehabilitation and wellness. Next slide. The second. Um, BPP is expanding harm reduction measures for youth drug use by funding a Narcan program in all San Francisco schools. So over 1,360 drug overdose deaths have occurred in San Francisco, with um, districts Tenderloin and Soma hosting the majority of these fatalities. Um, statistics also show that teen drug use deaths have rapidly increased in the past few years. In 2019, there was 23 deaths in 2020, 680, and 2021, 880. And in the United States, fentanyl is at fault. Fentanyl and opioid, over, an opioid is at fault for 77% of drug-related deaths among teenagers. Um, and also, there's data that states that 16% of individuals who acquire naloxone from schools have reversed an overdose, uh, showing the need for youth and people in general to have naloxone with them in case they become a bystander during uh, an overdose. Uh, some interesting facts is that in December 2022, California passed um, SB 367, Campus Opioid Safety Act, to prevent opioid-related overdoses on state university campuses by providing naloxone uh, without a cost and educating young people on its uses and other resources available to youth. Which is why I think that um, all schools in San Francisco should have these similar resources uh, so that we can uh, um, reduce the amount of teen uh, deaths um, caused by fentanyl. Next slide. So, 
lots of recommendations. Um, so the first thing we're asking for the board supervisor, the mayor, is to grant additional funds to the Department of Public Health for an alloxone distribution program. Um, we're also asking for the city to apply for grants from the California Department of Health Care Services to access, access naloxone. There are other um, counties uh, in the Bay Area, such as Marin, uh, and another one, I will have this in my permission, um, that have um, applied for this grant and been awarded and have been able to um, implement an naloxone program in their schools. Um, we're also asking for the implementation of an Narcan program in all San Francisco schools in collaboration with the Department of Healthcare Services and the Drug Overdose Prevention and Education Project. Um, we believe that schools should have a proportional relaxed and deep appropriate by the Department of Public Health and also ensure that in the naloxone boxes, um, they have a pamphlet with steps slash images on how to administer naloxone and information on what an overdose looks like and its symptoms for those who may have never seen or uh, an overdose happen, and also local resources available, um, such as like therapy, counseling, and other resources. And then lastly, increased availability slash accessibility of sensitive use services. Next slide. Next, uh, the last BPP that TJ will be focusing on um, is urging is urging San Francisco to take uh, immediate action and restoring Baby Hunter's Point. Thank you. Um, so, as you know, Baby Hunter's Point um, is currently a majority low income and BIPOC community with uh, Black residents specifically comprising over two thirds of the area's population. Um, this has been currently an ongoing issue in terms of the Naval Shipyard, uh, which 27% of the community is a part of. For decades, the Naval Shipyard uh, was a part of a radiological defense uh, laboratory um, that was used to test uh, just a bunch of radiological experiments and research for decades. Um, and when that laboratory finally closed in 1967, um, all of the leftover wastes and material were just blown up and thrown into the ocean at, or just left there in the soil. Um, and so this occurred over 50 years ago, and still to this day, we are seeing implications of those actions um, in terms of leading to high risk of environmental concerns, specifically as sea levels rise and those heavy toxins are still um, flourishing, unfortunately, and within the uh, environment and nature. And also, this uh, this leads to um, high risk of health concerns for the residents of Baby Hunters Point. Um, again, because the water would then seep into the land, and this could be very harmful for specifically youth um, as young as children who are just living in the neighborhood and yet are at prone risk to uh, being exposed to these toxins. Um, recently, there has been a lot of talks within these past few decades over the responsibility of uh, cleaning up the Naval Shipyard. Uh, the Navy has was commissioned to clean up the Naval Shipyard, um, but there hasn't been much action taking place, only a few parcels, which were the different parts that uh, the Naval Shipyard was split up into being cleaned, but not the majority. And San Francisco has taken over some of those sections of the Naval Shipyard, um, but there's still a bunch of questions over who will finish and take responsibility for the entire clean of the shipyard. Uh, recently, there was a 2021-2022 civil grand jury um, who did a report over the issues occurring with Big Baby. Uh, and in spite of this, there's still concerns of future unsafe infrastructure development if the environmental concerns are not taken on beforehand. 
So with this being said, some of our recommendations uh, for this BPP, next slide please, please uh, is the implementation of the entirety of the 2021-2022 Civil Grand Jury Report. We are thankful that the BOS did initially implement a resolution over the venture report. However, we recognize that there were sections that weren't included. And so we believe adequate environmental changes must be needed um, to really benefit um, the entire community of Bayview. Second, um, a recommendation is to create policies to ensure the environmental safety of future infrastructure developments, which means conducting a thorough review of uh, the harmful contaminants in the soil and the water, as well as include community input when it comes to these future infrastructure developments to ensure that if those uh, developments are equitable. And then lastly, um, fund community initiatives. We recognize how Bayview currently has a multitude of organizations who are doing the work to not only acknowledge um, the reality of the environment around them, but also just to uplift uh, voices in the community. So uh, we recommend funding initiatives such as the uh, Bayview Environmental Environment Justice Leadership Academy, which focuses on youth involvement in this issue, as well as the Environmental Justice Task Force. Um, and so this concludes this meeting. Sure. Okay. Hi, my name is um, Astrid Atting, and I'm the District Aid Commissioner. We're going to be presenting our Civic Engagement Education Committee. Um, our first priority is to provide oversight of and invest in school safety measures for San Francisco students. School safety in SFUSD is one of our major concerns. SFPD has responded to 790 violent crime incidents at SFUSD school sites since 2013. However, a large proportion of SFUSD school sites lack public announcement systems, security cameras, remote door buzzer systems, and other necessary school safety infrastructure. The funding for this infrastructure has not been allocated by SFUSD and is currently dependent on the passage of the next general obligation bond. And even if there was funding allocated, the process to include necessary safety infrastructure in SFUSD schools is planned to take years after that. So it's clear that there is a threat to school safety in SFUSD and that addressing that threat will currently take years of securing funding and then installing that infrastructure. Another key component of this um, is sending from safe firearm storage information to families annually every school year. So both the San Francisco Police Code and the California Penal Code require gun owners to secure their environment securely so that minors have no ability to access them. Unfortunately, gun owners often are not aware of their legal responsibility in this area, and so um, it opens the possibilities for more school shooting incidents to occur from students who obtain their firearms from them. That's how most school shootings um, begin. In uh, the state legislature, they recently passed Assembly Bill 452, which required school public school districts to send home safe storage information uh, annually. Essentially, this looks like a letter to parents at the beginning of every school year with other uh, paperwork that goes home that says your legal requirement is if you own firearms is to secure them, to secure them safely um, so that minors cannot gain access to them. 
and uh, that's their legal responsibility, and that's how we collectively help prevent school shooting incidents here in California. So our recommendations for physical safety infrastructure include requesting um, that the Board of Supervisors request a plan for school safety infrastructure upgrades, that the city provides oversight on the implementation of this plan, and that the city partners with SFUSD to determine and meet funding needs for school safety infrastructure installation so we can ensure that schools are as safe as they can be as students. And our recommendation for safe firearm storage information is essentially to make sure that SFUSD is sending up safe firearm storage information. Uh, one that they're in compliance with state law and also seeing how you know, the city can partner with them to make that as effective. Now, moving towards another major school safety issue uh, regarding sexual assault and harassment in schools. Um, this has been a pervasive issue in San Francisco, um, in San Francisco public schools. For over the last 20 years, we've seen a consistent effort from students to raise awareness to this issue. And uh, we continue to see this issue uh, continue today. So SFPD has responded to 25 calls reported rape at SFUSD school sites in the last 10 years. That's only the ones that are reported um, to SFUSD staff and then SFUSD staff contacts on SFPD. Um, so looking at uh, a little bit of the history, well, first of all, only one of only five out of the 24 Title IX sexual assault and harassment complaints were investigated in 2022 um, by SFUSD, showing that there's a clear lack of uh, sort of oomph behind this effort to make sure that uh, those who commit these crimes are held accountable and that survivors are protected. So, looking a little bit back at the history, in 2005, the Youth Committee partnered with the Student Advisory Council to produce a report on this issue. Um, it came out with some pretty strong recommendations that we continue to reiterate today. Many of them were not implemented. Um, also following another wave of protests regarding this issue in 2016, the Board of Supervisors and the Mayor worked together to form the Safest Schools Task Force, um, which was made up of all kinds of community members, people who dealt with um, themselves with victims of sexual assault, people who worked with people who were victims of sexual assault, people experts in that policy area. Um, unfortunately, the task force itself did not produce very specific recommendations for the city to implement the public office, and the issue um, persisted. Most recently, in 2021, hundreds of students across SFUSD public schools walked down in protest. Um, once again, So our recommendations around that are first to restart the Safer Schools Central Assault Task Force, this time, we want to make sure that there's adequate student representation and voice on the council. We're recommending both a seat for middle and high school students to represent SFUSD students who are facing this issue, as well as a seat for college and higher education students who often often face sexual assault and harassment uh, in, their, in those spaces. Second is to adopt mandatory training for youth education and school site staff on the definitions of sexual harassment and assault, reporting procedures, how to support students who are being victims, as well as identifying and preventing incidents in the first place. Um, it's important to note that SFUSD staff often are doing their best to, to stop these incidents from happening, but they feel unprepared um, and are untrained in these specific circumstances. And then lastly, is to gather data to measure the success of the task force and other measures that they implemented. 
chat students from Central Arizona. Our next priority is to increase voter pre-registration efforts. 52% of Californians ages 18 to 24 were registered to vote, but only 8% voted. So we have a clear issue where youth are not as civically engaged as they should be. Pre-registration, however, can increase voter turnout up to 13 percentage points, according to some data. San Francisco pre-registration is estimated to be currently around 15%. There have been some efforts made to increase youth civic engagement in San Francisco, but it's unclear what the results were or if these have been published. An example of this is the 2016 SFUSD Board of Education resolution encouraging students to exercise their voting rights. This resolution urged schools to teach the political process and San Francisco political parties in American democracy classes and to also require schools to provide students with the necessary forms to register vote. However, the results and implementation of this resolution remain unclear more than five years later. Yes. In order to get more San Francisco-specific data on youth civic engagement, the Youth Commission released a survey to identify youth civic engagement in San Francisco that received over 500 responses. Um, FYI, this image is not uh, is not accurate with the ages. But each anyway, um, so and it, the survey found that youth ages sixteen to seventeen, out of youth ages sixteen to seventeen, sixty percent were not pre-registered to vote, and out of youth ages sixteen to seventeen, sixty-three percent did not know who their district supervisor was. And even youth who were over 18 and were ready to vote, a, lo a large majority did not feel prepared to vote for local election, with only 30%, with only about 40% of youth saying that they agreed or strongly agreed that they felt prepared to vote. And this is for people who already have the ability to vote and should have had that information earlier. Next slide, please. Based on this data, our recommendations are to continue the Department of Elections Youth Voter Outreach, to direct the Department of Elections to increase outreach and information about pre-registration opportunities to students in schools, to ensure that more students become pre-registered and know that that is something that they can do. A large, in fact, from the data that we found, a large majority of youth were not pre-registered, just didn't know that, that was an option for them. Our third recommendation is to conduct further research on the effectiveness of current outreach efforts and ways to increase voter pre-registration. And finally, we would like the city to follow up on and support the develop development of a comprehensive plan to implement the goals outlined in SFUSD's Board of Education Resolution and extend lessons on the voting process and political parties to AP United States government classes, which some students take in replacement of American. And also, Commissioner Powell, who voted for the Republican Party, granting 16 and 17 year olds the right to vote uh, in San Francisco. Uh, as you know, uh, voting the, the current voting age is set to 18 years old, and according to a youth vote survey conducted by the 16. Around 75% of students. Is it 
Oh. Um, so we all know that voting is super important for um, having a say in our government policies and decisions made by City Hall um, and um, the legislative bodies, such as the Voices of the and the Mayor, affect policies that influence uh, the youth of San Francisco uh, that we will eventually. Uh, 
uh, to hire staff from different backgrounds. Um, it is important that we hire staff from different backgrounds because, um, you know, SWSC is a very diverse uh, community with different back uh, with different students with different language backgrounds, different identities. Uh, we can also invest in preventable resources, uh, so we make sure that uh, youth are getting the care that they need before uh, things get worse. And our final recommendation is to value student voices and skills as leaders. Um, this is our mental health that we're talking about, and I believe, and I'm sure we believe that the Youth Commission believes that uh, students should have a say in this process, and especially with uh, where funds go in terms of all the centers mental health. Gabby and uh, Gabby Lozada, and I'm the District 6 Commissioner, and I'm also the chair of the LGBTQ Plus Task Force, which is um, LGBTQ Plus issues in San Francisco. And today we have. Thank you. So, so uh, our first PPP regards um, the LGBTQIA plus coalition on safety funding requests. This is something that they've been working on for the past couple months, working with the Office of Transgender Initiatives, along with other organizations communicating with the Mayor's Office and the Supreme Office on this issue. Um, so, community centers and organizations serving LGBTQ plus youth have seen a major increase in harassment, threats, and violence. Importantly, this includes San Francisco. Um, a study was done across the country of LGBTQ plus youth serving centers um, and found that 71% of these centers have experienced some sort of hate or harassment over the past two years. 56% of these centers have reported some digital harassment and threats. 54% have um, reported offline harassment and threats, such as vandalism and hate mail. And then 38% of centers have reported both online and offline. And, um, looking, looking specifically here in San Francisco, for example, the Merit Center for LGBTQ youth has received three separate bomb threats and numerous instances of online harassment uh, between April and December of 2022. So, looking at this issue with the support of the Office of Transgender Initiatives and Coalition of these um, organizations, came together to ask for a specific safety. To ask for specific safety funding from the city in terms of the one time grant. This funding would go towards building and improving safety infrastructure, implementing safety practices and systems, hiring um, some form of community ambassadors to support our current safety and risk assessments, creating a system, a citywide mechanism to support these organizations, and providing an emergency, emergency funds and security assistance to, to organizations when they face a specific threat or attack. So our recommendation is to support and grant this funding request. Um, it would be overseen either by the Mayor's Office of Housing and Community Development or by the Human Rights Commission, both of which um, the coalition has signaled they are looking to work with to have this funding. Hi, I'm Oz Rayfer. I'm a member of the LGBTQ Task Force. Um, the next PVP we have is to create more comprehensive. Of education 
teaching online put a strain on already stressed out teachers, um, causing burnout um, because this teacher started quitting um, and uh, according to the head of HR for SFUSD, 450 classroom positions that you fill for the upcoming school year, which is this school year, um, needed to be filled and around 25 of those jobs are still vacant. Um, this especially affects health ed um, in SFUSD middle school, especially. It is an already underprioritized and understaffed um, subject in school. Um, what usually happens um, in middle schools is that SFUSD doesn't have middle school health educators. Um, so, to meet state requirements, they have PE or science teachers teach it instead. Um, those teachers don't have the time to teach it to its fullest extent. It often comes short, especially for LGBT topics in which they might not be as educated as. Um, yeah. Um, this, um, um, the, uh, especially um, towards your kids, they need uh, proper education um, from teachers that know what they're talking about, that have experience in teaching this, um, because Students in middle school depend on um, learning or on health education to learn about themselves, to learn about other people, and to gain a well-rounded perspective on the world. Um, and having dedicated health teachers in middle schools would definitely that. Um, it's not changed. Hmm? It's not updated, but that's not. It's fine. Just go to the okay. Um. In high school, in SSUSD high school, there's um, a program for health ed called uh, Be Real, Be Ready, in which there are at least um, eight lessons regarding LGBTQ topics. And these lessons are very good, very quality lessons that teach um, high school kids what they need to know. Um, in middle school, there's a similar program called Healthy Me, Healthy Us. Um, while this is still a pretty good program, there are now there are only two lessons on LGBTQ topics. Um, in the world, a lot of people think that right now, or middle schoolers aren't thinking about these things, but it's very important for middle schools to receive an abundance of lessons on queer topics, um, because that's when thinking about those things kind of starts. Um, oftentimes when, I mean, it's 2023, kids have the internet, when they don't learn things in school, they can basically just look them up. And according to uh, the human rights campaign, anti-LGBT remarks in a sword of popularity in social media platforms, especially Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, grow over 400%. Um, sorry. Um, you, uh, um, to better, it's better to educate youth in a safe environment where they're um, less likely to run into anti-LGBT sentiment. Um, youth are going to form their own opinions, um, whether they're positive or negative, so it's better to create space um, in school where they're more likely to have um, choose to work with LGBTQ people. 
um, um, if the curriculum is in comprehensive surrounding queerness, uh, yeah, so fill the bill. Oh, I'm sorry. And according to the uh, according to the GLSN, um, 2020, 2021 National Climate Survey, um, that compares students in schools without an LGBTQ inclusive curriculum to LGBTQ students in schools with an inclusive curriculum, they were less likely to hear uh, homophobic remarks such as uh, gay used in a negative way, um, no homo, and uh, other homophobic slurs. Um, and they were less likely to hear negative remarks about gender expression, um, and were less likely to hear negative remarks about transgender people. Um, they were also likewise seen to feel unsafe about their sexual orientation and gender expression. Um, so, um, our recommendations is to implement an all-inclusive uh, uh, school sex and health curriculum for gay, um, lesbian, bisexual, transgender youth. Um, so most, yeah. So most LGBTQ middle schoolers feel uncomfortable and unwelcome in these classes. Chad experience is fear influence on their health and well-being. Uh, to something that will help this would be to have yes, a sexual health education. Um, our second. Recommendation is to hire health teacher proper credentials and or give teachers the incentive to give to get proper health credentials. It's crucial that career youth are educated by trained health professionals that manage to focus year-round on health education in middle school. Sorry. Our, our third recommendation is to urge the state of California to make the health education state mandates more comprehensive for LGBT youth. Um, our fourth uh, recommendation is to gather feedback relating to the LGBTQ uh, education curriculum from, from SFUSD employees. Um, as well as running a pilot program from the SFUSD school with the goal of creating a comprehensive and useful health education program. Um, so the next course is, is final. Uh, based on the summer safe spaces in schools and maybe resources for um, even though the acceptance and support for LGBTQ students has increased recently, um, there's still a um, there still is a lot of examples of like LGBTQ plus people, especially getting harassed and LGBTQ plus youth getting targeted anti LGBTQ plus legislation. Um, for example, according to the Anti Defamation League 2021 online. According to the according to the Anti-Defamation League's 2021 online hate and harassment survey, 64% um, of LGBTQ plus respondents were harassed online. Um, and furthermore, out of these respondents, LGBTQ plus respondents reported more overall harassment um, than other demographics. This goes to show just how awake. Um, and furthermore, 29% of transgender and non-binary kids have committed suicide, and 52% have seriously contemplated it. And this is from the uh, survey done by the Trevor Project. Um, and one thing that really contributes to this LGBTQ plus harassment and just anti-LGBTQ plus sentiment is anti-LGBTQ plus legislation. For example, over 35 states have adopted anti-transgender laws between January and June of 2021. And these consist of prohibiting trans girls from gender-specific sports, banning gender-affirming medical care for transgender and gender-nonconforming minors, 
and pass some laws that ban like ban transmitting um, this just goes to show how um, important it is for safe spaces to be in schools and for there to be resources for LGBTQ plus students. Because even though San Francisco is a safer city for LGBTQ plus youth, there still is harassment towards them. And we need to create these spaces where they can go to to get support from other LGBTQ plus people and learn how to deal with like problems when it comes to mental health or LGBTQ plus issues. Um, so next slide, please. Um, so our recommendations are to create safe spaces for people to meet friends and allies and to learn leadership skills. Uh, this, especially like an SFUSD. Um, our second recommendation is to connect with organizations such as Lyric and LGBT Center and form clubs to extend school-based resources for LGBTQ plus youth. And these clubs would include discussions on LGBTQ plus role models, gender and sexuality identity in class curriculum and other school events for queer students. And lastly, um, assess school climate to guide improvement strategies. And this could be utilizing tools with the Gay, Lesbian, and Straight Education Network, GLSEN Schools Climate Survey, um, teachers of four ways um, that may build. Thank you for your presentation. Um, I think um, you all have done a lot of great research into this. Um, we just have some questions that um, we are going to go give to the panel. Um, first things first, um, um, why would we remove the central freeway if that would hurt working people the most, especially since transit in the southern parts of the our city can be so unreliable. <laughs> we are basing this on um, actually no, 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 no. We are basing this off of a lot of their comments when it comes to the hearings and like the issues. So, good question. Um, to address your question, I don't believe that we're going to be with central freeway for working people. Um. Looking at the data, we've seen that these freeways hurt working people the most because they take away opportunities for public transit for these people. Um, they make it hard for people to simply walk in their own neighborhood. Um, and it just makes the neighborhood overall less livable and less free. And I think that's in reality harming these communities and taking away their opportunities for them. Has the HRT committee spoken to the the neighborhoods and the people in the community about this issue and gotten their feedback? Yeah. Um, we first received public comment at the meeting where the resolution was presented. Um, and I recently spoke on a panel at Bayneys about this issue, and we invited um, communities groups such as CHI um, 24 to come and sit on the panel, but they declined our invitation. However, moving forward, um, we are hoping to do to do more listening sessions um, with different community organizations to ensure that they're part of this conversation. Um, but we have reached out, we have heard public comment, um, and we have made the efforts. But as of right now, they haven't been wanting to be publicly publicly a part of the conversation. But they have given them given us their input. Thank you, Chairman. Um, it's great to know that we have such a great commission representing District Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> That was not sarcasm. 
to like noise. Since 16 has been on the ballot twice before, what do you think will change this time to ensure that the ballot measure passes if we approve it? Or what approaches will be different? You want? I can take a I can answer that. So, uh, as you can, in the both proposition, 16, um, in the two uh, both 16 propositions, uh, 2020 proposition increased um, the vote count by over 30,000 votes. And that means that our message for vote 16 is increasing and it's being um, advocated for, for different um, people. And this is just honestly a movement for us to, to get that right. Um, and it takes time. And that's why we wanted to have it on a third time to make sure that we keep pushing that uh, priority and keep pushing um, our needs and our resources. Yeah, I mean, I would also add, I think in the past, I, I don't mean, to, I, don't, I appreciate the work that others have done on this issue. I think that Washington standards for politics was left out of this conversation. Um, it tended to be a very sort of progressive issue. And I think that there wasn't that many people worked on to expand this to include other communities and other points of view in San Francisco. And that's work that we are looking forward to doing within the next two years to make sure that this is this time it is accessible to Um to add on, I personally am optimistic about this because um in 2016 it lost by 2%. Um four years later the voter turnout increased and it lost by 1%. Um, so we are seeing that there's um, an increase in voter turnout and there's an increase in people who are wanting to be a part of this coalition, um, especially. So um, this time we're going to definitely go heavy on our outreach and try to reach other communities in San Francisco, um, like Commissioner was mentioning, to ensure that um, all communities are a part of this and all communities can get their voice back with 16 should be. I also add one last thing is that 2020 ended up being a much more unexpected election year than anyone had anticipated, um, including those of us, including you commissioners who put them on the ballot during that year. Um, a lot of the conversations and outreach that they had hoped to do got into a point of fact that we could campaign in person, that um, COVID-19 was a bulk of what people were paying attention to and attended, um, just not to be a point of conversation in 2020. Can Will 16 withstand the legal challenges? We, Shasta has taken ambitious positions before. We've won with our ambitious positions before, and I hope we can do it again. Bill 16 has passed and has been found constitutional um, in multiple other jurisdictions, um, particularly in areas like the Oscars in Washington, D.C., and Maryland. And uh, we think that there's good legal standing for us to succeed here in San Francisco. In reference to the in reference to the Narcan vote, um, <laughs> 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 so we will go back to that. Um, how has the Youth Commission put the unmet needs of youth of color and immigrant youth at the forefront when developing these budget and policy priorities? Well, I would say for one, um, some of the things we looked at for housing, recreation, and transportation is for many of these issues, you know, the people who don't have access to housing, you know, unsheltered youth, um, 
are largely people of color. So we're really um, working through our BPT and expanding navigation centers to address that. Um, we're also looking um, because you know many youth of color, immigrant youth, um, they're less likely to uh, have access to a car. You know, and um, communities where there um, is higher percentages of uh, immigrants, you know, such as you know Chinatown and neighborhoods throughout Southeast San Francisco have lower rates of access to to cars. Um, so through our BPPs, we want to ensure that you know their local parks are improved for them to enjoy. Um, we want to ensure they have access to other you know amazing you know, resources that our city invests in, such as Camp Mailer. And you know through other BPPs like um, our Central Freeway um, resolution, many of the communities where there's uh, lots of uh, immigrant families, um, you know, working families, um, families of color, you know, mainly um, where the 280 and the 101. Uh, run through Soma, you know, Baby Point. This is um, the, removing the freeway, which is creating like you know all of this um, carbon emissions. Uh, these communities have higher rates of asthma because of the ways freeways have been planned. So we are really um, taking a holistic approach through our EPPs to really prioritize those communities. Yeah, and to add on, I mean, I don't think there's one way we can ever color in. I think, you know, the whole mission of the commission is to create more equitable opportunities for you to thrive in sports of scale. So this is not like a one-off thing that we would do just, you know, like hold an event, a listening session for you to come. No, this is something that we're doing in every meeting. We're constantly seeking input and seeking ways that we can, you know, use our personal experiences coming from all areas of the city, all backgrounds, all races, in order to ensure that, you know, youth from all of these communities are represented and that. We are, we are representing them. I think the current youth commission does a good job with that as well. We have an incredibly diverse set of young people all over the country with their opinions and thoughts and feelings on the issues that we're considering. I represent a certain community here in San Francisco as an engaged commissioner. Um, we have many female commissioners who are representing that perspective. So it's it's a broad range of people that we're working with in the beginning and we're actually quite thankful to have that diversity. Tell me about sort of a question earlier in reference to an ARCAM program. What safety precautions are you recommending to allow students or parents to avoid them being held legally accountable if someone has a fatal overdose at school? It's a good experience. So, yeah, so, so, Means that um, anyone who administers naloxone to a bystander or anyone will be held legally accountable if um, they die or have other um, health consequences. Yeah, thank you. It's been yeah. This has been a question I've I've received from um, people I've spoken to outside of the youth commission, um, and a lot of resources, a lot of um, organizations that provide naloxone also um, tell people mm -hmm. they aren't legally uh, held accountable. To the Okay. Um, how does the Youth Commission plan to implement these priorities in the following years? Um, well, I think, you know, that's why we're presenting to you today. Um, the main role of the Youth Commission is to advise the Board of Supervisors on youth related issues. And so we're kind of like a team. You know, we, we do all of the work, we create the recommendations, but um, the main reason why we're here is we want you guys to listen to us and we want you guys to trust that, you know, we put all this work into the recommendations. Our, our recommendations and you have to follow through with 
or else nothing is going to get So, yeah, this is, this is a collaborative thing. We're working together. So, and listen to us. I'd also add that this is not the last year there from us. I'm sure you all and your staff get our many emails and comments and tweets and all of that. Um, so we'll certainly be following up on all of these priorities within the next term um, and future youth commissions. They themselves will determine how best to advocate, but I'm sure that they will be doing plenty of advocacy as well. Following up on the earlier question I had on putting the unmet needs of color and differently at the forefront, how does the youth commission engage youth under the little school interests? Um, well, this is awesome. <laughs> under middle school age. I mean, it's hard to talk to elementary kids about policy issues. Often that has to come from engagement with families. Um, but just something that I know that I've been able to do in the organizations here in San Francisco. And to add, the Youth Commission will be doing presentations in the schools, and we have received requests from elementary schools. For commissioners to come and present and speak to young students like second graders, so that outreach will continue this year. You can. Oh, okay. Um, I just want to say, um, as someone who was recently in elementary school, uh, I uh, I just want to say that uh, a lot of my classmates um, are interested in policy and government, um, and I think the reach that the commission is doing and what you said in elementary schools is one to either like extend that to the kids. So I think it's just about putting schools in one lot to kids who are interested. There are kids who are interested in change, especially in the last uh, decade or so. There's a lot of political action in this country. So and this is not add on to that, even though it is kind of hard to reach out to elementary school students on um, this because they are doing a great great And we have tabled on events where the majority of the students there were elementary students who is going to be taking on behalf of the great companies and they primarily towards young children and families. This is part of the way not only these children are going like an organization that's Wanting to hear us to watch things like people are also reaching out to parents that's like, oh, if, if like your children need something or need to do something that you're going to perform, there's like, there is a sort of need for also a case you can talk to. Maybe that's what they want to talk about. This experience for elementary girls is really hard. So, just one of the Okay. Um, what kind of advocacy will the Youth Commission do in the following months to ensure that these issues are addressed in the budget? Social media outreach. Our staff are well aware of when your hearings and discussions on issues are sure to have some representation there. And we'll also be hosting a budget town hall for youth to hopefully hopefully get them more galvanized about these issues. And we hope that you, you who are not on the youth commission are also very passionate about 
the issues that we're presenting to you today will advocate for those issues. As many departments have already told you, the city is in the deficit year. How does the commission suggest prioritizing funding when you have so many issues? It's a good question. <laughs> um, I, I want to begin by recognizing that we are in a deficit year, um, and that's a major concern for young people as well. We want a functioning government that doesn't have debt. Uh, yeah. I think, I mean, we, we recently had a discussion about um, discounted or even free bar, right? And this was one of the questions that came up, you know, BART is facing a fiscal deficit as well. How are we going to ensure that we're going to maintain the system while also ensuring that we're creating equitable opportunities? Um, and obviously, like, we want the city budget to stay intact. Um, we want to ensure that the city can function and stand on its two feet. But I think if we completely Wait, opportunity for we're never going to be able to create these opportunities for you, right? So the youth commission saying that we're going to say what we want, and we're going to do our best to push for everything that we think is going to make the city more equitable for you. Um, and even if the city can't implement all of them, because you know that's a lot of money, that's a lot of effort, that's a lot of legislation, and the city has so many other priorities, the city can do its best to see what's most important to you guys. Um, and honestly, like. Implementing some of our recommendations, it doesn't have to be all of them. Anything would make a difference because we're doing our best, and we want you guys to do the best. And this as well. And we're willing to have that. We're willing. Sorry. We're willing to have that dialogue with you as well. A lot of our recommendations include, like, you know, consult with the youth commission going forward as to how best to do this. Um, it's going to be a difficult conversation, but we can certainly have conversations about what's being prioritized. And you know, the youth commission isn't going anywhere. This is a major area of focus for us as this upcoming budget. So please feel free to, to, to keep, continue that conversation with us. Yeah, I mean, you said like it's, it's our job to advocate to you. Um, and then what happens after that is uh, and honestly, like supposed to advocate, and whatever happens beyond that is specific to the year. Um, and we're all very interested in advocating. So just And I just add that, you know, really um ultimately we we're here to advise you on, you know, what um, the needs of youth are. Uh, we don't have the power to, you know, tax or like, you know, generate revenue, but we really encourage you, especially for measures related to, you know, my committee House of Recreation and Transportation. You know, when the SFMTA comes to you with proposals like, you know, Increasing meter rates or expanding meter hours in your district. It might not be popular, but you know, we need to think about the deficit that we're in and the services that our you know residents depend on, um, you know, young people depend on. And really, um, you know, sometimes it's it's needed to think about bigger values as a city. You know, we have policies such as you know, Vision Zero, Transit First, and our, our declared climate emergency. And really uh, take those to heart as well as, you know, the recommendations you receive from us and many of your other advisory committees um, about what the future of our city should look like, um, even when it sometimes may be somewhat politically difficult to move forward. Um, it, it's really important that we uh, move these policies forward so that we build uh, a city that's uh, strong and sustainable for you know, our generation. 
what's been one of the biggest challenges uh, that you experienced while developing this budget and policy priority report? Sorry, can you repeat that? What's been one of the biggest challenges when putting together this budget and policies priority report? I think, I mean, I think it's we're 17 people and we're doing our best to represent like 80,000 youth in the city, right? Um, that number could be wrong. It's like, going um, we're doing our best to represent a large amount of youth in the city um and it's impossible to capture every youth issue so i think it's been difficult picking what issues we want to focus on um and where we want to spend our energy um but we're doing our best to you know use our lived experiences and trust our gut about what's important to us and what's important to the city um, but obviously it's always going to be difficult to choose everything that matters um but yeah i think just like prioritization and like choosing I just know you're probably aware, but you know, all of all of our uh, commission members are, you know, also attending school or you know, working jobs. Um, this is not their full-time position, and uh, unfortunately, based on the city charter, we're uh, not compensated um, for the work that we we do. So, you know, while while you know, I and you know, my fellow commissioners, you know, love the work that we do do. Uh, we do have, you know, obviously other uh, responsibilities, but we really do all strive to, you know, make our constituents and our work on the commission um, our priority. And also, and one other sort of fun challenge, I think, is just how complex and large um, city government is here in San Francisco, especially considering we're the city and the county and we're advising on both issues. Um, there's just so much to city government, so many different agencies, so many different task forces, so many committees. It, 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 it's a little mind-boggling sometimes how complex it is, um, and so it's, it's sort of a lot to keep in mind, especially when we have a really large oversight uh, position. We don't focus. We're not a commission that oversees a specific department. We oversee every service that Sarasota provides to young people, and for services that Sarasota does not provide to young people that they need to be served. So it's a uh, it's a big job, and it's something that we have to sort of keep a holistic approach to. Um, I also like to add is so started, um, especially for topics um, surrounding specific, especially like in like for SFUSD and health education, the lack of resources is very apparent. Um, so that was just something. Well, last question. Um, has the Youth Commission looked into which community organizations support and can help you implement your, your budget and policy priorities? And have you spoken into them and asked them to like talk to DCYF, DPH, and other departments about their funding requests? Yes, I think that's something that was um, pretty difficult but necessary to this process. Um, for most of our PPPs, we scheduled departments to come and present to us about the issue um, and different organizations as well um, before we started researching and writing just to see, you know, what other organizations were working on this um, and how they could support us, how we could support them. Um, for example, with the Vision Zero resolution, um, Commissioner Miller and I met with LSF. We also met with Kids Save NSF um, to get recommendations on the Vision Zero BPP. Um, and for the central freeway, central freeway BPP, uh, we also met with. Oh yeah, no, never mind. 
Because as a three-year-old, we didn't need to have any expectations. <laughs> Scratch that. Um, but we have rules for moving back if you want. Eh, whatever. Retina is better. Retina. Retina. I'm really hoping you don't say that. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't just make up a meeting. I don't just have all of this comes from um, all of these VPPs already come from the organizations. I'm in close contact with Lyra uh, to be friends. A lot of our uh, safety coalition request is from them. They put their work into that. They did the budget management for that. We're really just sort of elevating what they have to say um, and, and adding that to our budget and policy priorities. So they've been involved since the beginning, um, including like outsourcing ideas from them as to what they think the unmet needs of young people are in San Francisco. We're determined to continue those conversations, um, and we're always looking for more community organizations to help support our efforts. So I also want to say if you all know folks from your offices and your districts who you think would be great for us to partner with, please never hesitate to reach out. Um, thank you for going through all the questions. Um, they may be a little harder or a little easier than what you might get on Wednesday. Um, so we're gonna go through the feedback. Yes. Part of question. Yeah. Do you think they're gonna ask every single um question? Perhaps not. Perhaps not. Okay. Um, but we're gonna go through um the feedback and the notes that we have taken. Um just to begin, like um y'all need to take your time presenting. Take deep breaths between each slide because some of y'all are just rushing through. Um, and I would like to also say that some of your slides are really wordy, and like um, y'all are using it to read off of it, which is not great. Um, so try to figure that out. <laughs> um. Yeah, um, just be aware of how many ums you're saying because um, we are, I use that a lot, but like, just be a little more aware of it and do try to introduce yourself before the presentation begins because some of y'all did not introduce yourself. And if I were a supervisor, I would not know who you are. Can we just do that? Like, exactly, that is what I'm saying. Okay. Like, before you start. When well, Emily thanks. is introducing, like, um, just go down the line. Yeah. Um, please don't read from the slides, and please, more pictures will be nice if you can, like, convert some of your statistics into a, a pie chart or a bar graph. That is great. Um, I'm signing, and it was about an hour. How much time? I would say y'all should finish before six. Okay. Which is two hours. It starts at four. It starts at four. Yeah. So if y'all need, we'll just write y'all notes. Oh, okay. Well, let me control that. I had to like my We're going to date it so that y'all don't reduce it. Wait, does everyone need letters? Can you just mess your phone to everyone to be safe? Yeah. Wait, till I say let's it. not say that on public record. Oh, I like I'm going to Okay, so just going back to the feedback, I'll, I'll go through mine before 
I talked a little about Joshua's, which is like about the same of what like I'm saying. Yes. I'm out of school Okay. Um y'all did not include LGBTQ plus task force on the introduction slide. Please do that. Um there is an awkward transition between in the committee introduction and the first BPP. It's it's a spell a little awkward, but y'all were just doing it first. Um, there is also a slight awkward transition between one BPP to the next BPP. Maybe like um, just be a little more conversational when you are presenting because I have recognized that some of y'all are just reading off the slides and like I also noted down who it was. So if you want me to call you out, I can do that. Yes. Um, yes, please do that. Yes. <laughs> Can I? I was, yeah, okay, so, okay, first of all, introductions split it between Emily and Hewlett because Emily is talking a little too much. Um, in HRT, I actually really liked how Hayden was tying in the BBPs to do issues. I think you also have really good intonation, and it felt a little less like you're reading the facts to me than like, um, and it felt a little more conversational. Like I felt there were a little more emotions. Emily, you are a little rushing it, so um, you do talk too much. But it was also because like I think maybe you and Hayden need to like go back and forth a little, so then like we're not just listening to you. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we yeah. just never, and you can add up to me and I can add up. I have Chloe and Alistair will be doing it, so that's a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, so just make sure of that because it went straight from just Emily introduction and then Hayden introduced himself a little and then it was just Emily again. Right there. Yes. yes. So, yes. but, um, <laughs> But also for Vision Zero, I will recommend that you acknowledge the update on Vision Zero and their speed management plan when in, um, Joshua um, provides you the notes. Just so like you can say that something is happening. Yeah. yeah. So then they won't. So they won't be like, oh, we are already doing this. Then like. Should we mention that with the same task force? Should we just for the Well, should we just be like we don't know supervisor Bob Ron Make any acknowledgments, yes. Um, for TJ, Yoslin, you are reading off the slides, yet there is there do seem a little of a lack of intonation, and it also felt like you were rushing it. Your slides do have a lot of words. Raven, I did like how you were um, well paced, and your slides actually did not have as much words, um, which is good because you were able to elaborate more through your own words. Uh, for CEC, words again. Astrid, um, you were reading off your slides, but I do think you have you were well paced and had good intonation. You had very little ums. Um, you and you didn't introduce yourself. Um, you and you're also pretty well paced, and um, your tone did felt a little more uh, conversational and like you were trying to like engage with people. Um, you also didn't read off the slides that much, which is good. Steven, you did not introduce yourself. You actually introduced yourself, but in a very unprofessional manner. Um, yeah, um, the slides do need to be fixed. Um, you're well paced and you have decent elaboration. You need to understand your slides a little better. Um, LGBTQ task force, 
lots of slides. Oz, you have really good eye contact. Um, actually, the entire LGBTQ task force had really good eye contact, and um, you were really well paced. Um, you, you do need to understand your slides better as well. Yeah. Gabby, you were good at elaborating your slides. Very little um, good intonation and presentation. See good pacing. So that was from me. Okay, I'll go quick um, because a lot was already mentioned. I think watch out for your tone. I think uh, there's moments where if you were like trying to go fast, it became monotone. And as someone who like I need to be actively listening, like you need to watch out for your tone because people will zone out and you don't want that to happen. Um, yes, I agree. Y'all just need to be well paced when um, presenting each slide. Know what's on the slides. Um, uh, be respectful during others presenting, especially in the chamber, because they will, well, this is recorded, but that will be recorded and broadcasted to all of the small towns in San Francisco. Um, I have some notes regarding questions. So the question on vote 16, only talk about the charter amendment and what the YC can do. So no, don't talk about the campaign. Say something about uh, educating youth and having them get more engaged during the charter amendment process. Um, and then, like, what? Yeah, like, no, no, outreach too, um, to the charter amendment. What I said to your book, like, should I have my mindset? Yeah, yeah, yes. The charter amendment process. Don't talk anything else about Because we do not have, we can't, y'all are volunteers. Yeah, we're talking about the charter amendment. It's not the we can't discuss the campaigns. Yeah, but, okay. yeah, that's totally fine. Uh, set boundaries too. Like, if there's any like your question, don't talk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> question regarding. <laughs> yeah, question regarding the freeway is I would not recommend talking about any like the negatives. So like, oh, we reached out, but they haven't reached back out. I don't think they like need to know that. I think what you can do is like we've done the outreach that's needed. And we've also um, have gotten public comment regarding this issue. That's it. Short and sweet is okay. Um, because you guys can appreciate. Is it not fair to say we did reach out, but they haven't? Yeah, you can say that we reached no. out, but we're still trying to gather um, like additional feedback. Yeah, because if it sounds like um, they're because it sounded a little like you you have given up on outreaching okay, after the negatives, they're gonna be like, why aren't you trying harder? Okay. Yeah, it's just thinking about like people from their office, like they're like, you know, no. I guess it's not there, but she might be like, they are, they do, they do want to type to you. Yeah, I'll <laughs> show us representing supervisor. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, <laughs> but I mean, you don't really, you really have to explain yourself fully. Y'all can keep it short and sweet. Because they're they're probably gonna ask questions just to ask questions like, <laughs> at the end of the day. Um, and then I did do the math. There is roughly 114,000 youth in San Francisco, which is 13% of the population. So, so I wasn't far off. No, no, you weren't far off. But because y'all, yeah. someone said 10,000. Only by. Oh, I mean, I said. <laughs> but I think overall, y'all did great. I think on a Monday, if you y'all can come, like. 30 minutes before the youth commission meeting, y'all will have the opportunity to like meet the program. I love that. Program. I 
I, I want to be on the. I want to be the one. I want to sit. I want to sit, and I want to. Oh, okay. Super I just want to say I think we're going to do a good job, especially considering we've never run through this before. Uh, and we're over down. So this weekend, practice. My only question is when are these doing games? Alright, uh, tomorrow presentation. Uh, yeah. Yes. Please send it to me before three PS. Um we don't we don't we don't need too many of us You would have to use it yourself. Um so yeah, any other sorry, any other questions uh, before Joy, you said send it to you. We already have an app. Just like, like we know that it has finished finished. Okay, okay. Like our committees or everything. The whole thing. They need so tomorrow do we can. Is it okay? It's because they want to review it too. Yeah, no, that's which is Good for that. Um, yeah, so any other questions? I want to say I think it worked well. Obviously, stuff to improve on that. But uh, we're in a pretty good place, I think. But Wednesday, I also am going to be honest, I watched like not last year, but the year presentation. I have a lot of attention to it. It's so cool that you guys like doing this. <laughs> is, is it fun? Yeah, so I think the would be like to go hard on these things. Yeah, so it could be anywhere from that to like, what if we don't know how to why, answer? Like, why are you not including communities of color in your conversations? It's like, it's like, we'll see what happens, but also, like, don't take their, I also would say, don't take their questions and stuff personally because a lot of it is also political speaking. Um, they all have a duty to represent their case terms as well. Mm -hmm. um, I think we should take a five minute break and meet. Should we should come back at 7 45. And all of the exact numbers are more than. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, let me. Can you call it and I'll can you just pause the recording? Uh, so I call the recess until 7 One second. I call this meeting back to order at 7.47 p.m. Uh, what's next? Oh, welcome to Paul. Oh, um, I can give a quick update. So we officially got the SF LGBT Center. So we will be having our budget to Paul there on April 6th. Um, we will be catering pizza. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, I'm talking. Um, Pizza from Serrano's. Uh, it was just easier because I don't know how many you could show up. And then we'll also have snacks from uh, Trader Joe's as well. Um, but yeah, I think the next step is uh, if y'all have any like a flyer, looking to make a flyer and start promoting. But other than that, um, oh, I would also love a rough draft of the program um, since I need to submit that with our financials. Yeah. We had a doctor on who I don't think you had. Flyer's done, by the way. Flyer's done. Oh, okay. Yeah.
Yeah. Okay, if you also know, like, let me know where that is. So, uh, yeah. And it, it's going to be a rough draft, too. Let me. Oh. Okay. Let me pull that up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The tentative schedule is beginning with Nagel slash two. Are you on this top? <laughs> can I just reshare with you so you can see? Yeah, it? can you reshare it with me? We should have, so I have both the same. Looks like we just need to make the slideshow, which is different because the slideshow we have. And we need to like confirm the facilitator questions. Uh, Joy, if you look up a bunch of top bars. Oh, the second one? That one? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's oh, okay. so it's on the bottom, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Then I'm, okay. Oh, okay. That looks great. Oh, this? Yeah. Yeah. All of that. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. But also, let us know what uh, like you know, the like things staff can do. It's right there. Human bingo. Okay. Anything else about the Well, okay. We need to um. But can you go back to that? Please. Oh, actually. Um, so, yeah, we were thinking of starting with the human bingo, and then we would do like a slideshow that's different from the slideshow we have now because it's like much more vague because these aren't elected officials. So, just like talk about the youth mission, like what the BPPs mean. Um, and then it sounds like we would do each thing in a couple sentences, but I think that's kind of a lot, especially given that like we have so many things. So we might just be like, oh, you know, like this year we focused on a variety of issues. We looked at um, transit for youth. We looked at like youth homelessness, blah, blah. So just like naming the issues without talking about the actual priorities, I think would be good um, in the slides. And then we can talk about like how the youth can get involved and like how they can get, which is like, Giving us feedback. Um, so I think you need to make that slideshow up as we said that we were going to do it um, like after today. But I think we have like a lot on our slate right now, um, given that we need to finish the other slideshow. So maybe like can work on that next week or something. Like we have time for this. So I'm not that worried. Um, and, and it's like a small slideshow too. So would someone like be able to help with this presentation? Would like your staff want to take it on? Or, like, it's like really small. We also can. Oh, I can help with that. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. If you guys can make that presentation, and then the next thing is, um, can you scroll down to the discussion sections? Bye. Bye, y'all. So, if you feel okay with these questions. We made them at the last meeting, so we can just like. I think they're good. Okay. So what's going to happen is that, like, we're going to have everyone get into small groups. Um. So we're going to be like, can everyone like get into small groups, and then exec members can like go to each group. Like each person should have a group, and then they're just facilitating the conversation. 
but there might be some groups where there's like not a facilitator. So you gotta ask other commissioners to come for staff in person. Four, there's six exact numbers, right? Yeah. Count them all. Yeah. You could do that. Yeah, that's what I see. Okay, so can you add in there um where we can get like right before three discussion in small groups? Not in the six groups. Yeah. So count count event attendees to six groups. Um and I don't know, I don't know what people should expect. So we need to project when we're like the yeah. Or do we have like a microphone or like yeah, they will have all that. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, that's perfect. Okay. And then the next thing was we needed to make a feedback survey. Um, is that big job? Yeah. Uh, the survey, yeah. Okay. And then we also need to update the brochures. Okay. I mean, that that's basically it. Like, we, yeah. I was, I was going to say, uh, work on this, like, work on the slides to March 20th. Yeah. So I would say, I would say the rest, this next week is all about the 22nd. It's like, for two months, or basically, I mean, six months until this moment. So, yeah, I'd say Yeah, I'm not so worried about this side channel. So, yeah. Um, I think one thing that would be really good is maybe having like a general or RSV feeling. Maybe like, I think we can make it really quick. And just take a vibe. Yeah, just take a vibe, like see how many people are attending. Because, like, I think they'll like give us like kind of like an insight, like, okay, we're like a week out, like, how many people signed up? Oh, no, we have to do like. Uh, like, outreach, like, you know? Okay. So, like, it'll just give us a better. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, just send out a reminder. People get their emails. We can send out a reminder. Yeah. Before we'll hand. Yeah. I, I would recommend let's do, um, let's do a Google report because then I can have those people automatically on. And I can just copy and paste those emails and be like, oh, it's the event, and then send them a feedback. You don't have to be like, scared at you. At the end of the week. I look forward to Gen Z being on the one of the supervisors and being like, what are the vibes like? The <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are the vibes in the red place dressing like, they don't have to Yeah. So, good calls. <laughs> Okay, it needs to be on the flyer. So, I'll show the flyer to Because we want to post that today. Why don't we post The flyer? Yeah. Why don't we? Are we concerned? Yeah, tomorrow because that will be three weeks from today. Two weeks? Three weeks. Exactly. Yeah. So, tomorrow. Get them yeah. yeah. okay. yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, how to prioritize the slideshow getting that done? <laughs> that needs to be in a support document. Okay. Um, anything else? If not, we can move to sugary soda. Sugary soda tax advisory group appointment. Yes. Okay. So we have an applicant. We have an applicant. Um, I thought we had multiple, but this is coming from the rules committee. Like, I don't know, but, but we have an applicant. Uh, their name is Linda Yee. Um, they currently are a junior and they attend school at Urban School of San Francisco. Um, I think after like reading their application, you know, they've done a lot of like CF activism, they are a part of like the South API hate youth campaign. Um, has done like a lot of research, and I think this would be a really great opportunity for them. 
to the youth commission. I met them at a fun Friday once and then after they went with us to an event of babies. Um, I also recently saw them at a tracking and they were telling me about how excited they were um, to hear back from this committee. So I think overall they're a very enthusiastic and passionate person. If they were a junior now, does that give them they wouldn't be able to complete the two terms? I think mean, they would. But it's a term where you like began. Uh, so I was under the impression it had to be a sophomore or below in order to I could be wrong and I would be more than happy to be wrong. Well, let me read the description. But if you could check just so that we are. Yeah, I can do that right now. Who beats? I really do look forward to Gen Z being <laughs> supervisors. Well, I don't think I speak Gen Z. I think I speak like a Gen, no, Z. I Gen Z. I don't have Gen Z. So the so only part of is that they have to be under the age of 19. Right, but practically. Yeah, so it's C6 US under the age of 19 at the time of appointment and who may be a member of the Youth Commission, nominated by the Youth Commission, and uh, appointed by the Board of Supervisors for a two-year term. What is that two-year term? I don't know. I don't know if you have that in front of but it doesn't really specify. It doesn't really specify. It's fine. So they would be graduating before the end of that. Yeah, but it's under the age of 19. It's an age requirement on the grade. No, I understand. What I'm saying is that we are. They won't be able to. We don't know that though. We can't really predict the future. Like, what if they decide to say, like, here in San Francisco, surrounding area? I I never said that. This sounds like a really civically engaged person who I think would be great for this opportunity. I just want to make sure we're setting them and the task force up for success. I think it's worth us doing our due diligence. With that being said, yeah. We, we're not even, I don't think we're going to so. I think you make it a point, but. The exact committee is? Yeah, so like we're. So they're full committee. Okay. I think you make a good point. I don't think that should be the sole reason that we don't vote in favor of this application. I think that they seem like a good candidate, like you said, so that they came to increase. No, I think that's fine. I, I agree with you. I think it might be worth going back up to them before Monday, just so that we can. I mean, I, mean, I would even be okay with like, I think it would be okay to approve them even if they were like going for college. But just so that that's something that's also on their radar as well, um, as to when the term officially ends. Uh, but I just wanted to flag that. But with that being said, I would be voting in favor of forward to the four year commission to inquire. We did a lot of things that built up. Exactly, those took before. Is there any discussion? Is there a motion? 
Motion to move this to the commission. Second. Chris, motions to move this nomination, to move this as the nomination to the Boeing Commission meeting, seconded by Commissioner Patrick. Uh, all in favor say aye. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Discussion? Public comment. Vice Chair Barker, it seems you don't have public. All in favor, same time. All in favor, same time. Great. Now moving to contemporary Jewish presentation, which I assume means contemporary Jewish presentation. Wait, presentation? That's what y'all said. Well, oh, just because, well, I just got a question. You wanted us to pres like present them. No, um, Canadian are Jewish, Jewish museum. They yeah. are doing a presentation. So what this is is that so what I'm just no. So <laughs> yeah, because we can talk like two exact meetings at all. Um, so um. <laughs> so, uh, the Contemporary Jewish Museum, um, they have a youth um, leadership group um, that works on a project, an issue-based project that, um, every year, and they are doing their presentations, basically like their final presentations, and their advisor is the mission, and especially um, just a few commissioners, um, to essentially like um give a speech on like the importance of their work and like why they need to continue this work and like um all of that and um i don't know chair when my chair barbara palmer an officer or audience where they want to um initially said they're willing to go yeah yes because it is a did i say it was sunday yeah it was a sunday at 2 what Sunday? Yeah. yeah, so um I think leading up to it, um, if y'all need help like writing that speech or just coming up with talking points, I'm more than happy to help you with that. But if you think um and we can all look into like what exactly the the history of this. Because it sounds like they already do really great work. They do a lot like celebrating the identity of the Jewish community, be really understanding like of historical context in different like cultural and religious groups and just um they also work on a lot of um um queer and trans like youth issues. So um yeah, they just they do a lot of educational. Any questions? Clarifications? Beans. Thank you. Uh, 2023 to 2024, or 2023 to 2024, you commission. You got it? Director Garcia. Oh, okay. Um, so basically, um, I'll go really quickly on the timeline. So March 15th, uh, that's when uh, exec will be approving the process. Today, March 20th, that's when the Bullock Commission will be approving the process uh, indefinitely. 
um, for the 2023-2024 term. On March 22nd, that's when uh, OIC staff will be sending a memo to the BOS and mayor's office on, hey, recruitment starting soon, um, help us with recruitment efforts and just kind of like the rundown. April 1st is when the application will be open um, with no extensions. April 3rd, uh, which is the following Monday, we'll do the uh, newsletter announcing um, recruitment uh, and then posting on Twitter, Facebook, and Signal. Um, April 3rd is also when we plan to do flyers drop off. Uh, so, printing the flyers and dropping them off to different um, organizations, BOS offices, the mayor's office, etc. April 10th, um, staff will be meeting uh, with known non returners to talk about uh, their involved, possible involvement with the interview process. Uh, and also, uh, I don't have this on, we're also talking to possible returners as well, just to gauge their interest. Um, April 12th, um, staff will finalize the scoring card for the um, reading the, the application, but also the interviews. In late April, that's when we'll be doing a Zoom open house info session. Um, just, you know, Zoom is very accessible. And I think last year it like helped with getting some people. Uh, and then early May, um, we will be doing an in-person uh, open house. So we'll be talking about comms on Thursday. Um, regarding that, um, May 31st is when uh, the application, application by video is due and then letters of recommendation. So we'll have two full months. Uh, June 1st, that's when we'll start reviewing applications. Kind of, well, we'll be reviewing throughout the whole process of once we get them, but that's like, okay, I think that was submitted last minute. We'll start reviewing and then hopefully we'll start um, doing um, interviews. Uh, and then by June 27th, that's when we like have to be done with interviews on the staff side. Um, and then we have to send the applicants to the BOS. So we'll have a recommendations as a youth commission, but ultimately it's up to the board of supervisors of who they want to appoint. They'll have two weeks uh, to send us back their uh, appoint, appointment. And then whoever is not appointed will send them uh, off to the mayor's office for the second round. They'll also have uh, two weeks um, to review and appoint. Uh, so they'll have until July 21st. On um, August 25 and 27, that's when we'll do our fall orientation. So we are, you know, uh, we had a lengthy conversation on when to have this. And, you know, we've heard everyone's remarks regarding last year during Labor Day weekend. And, you know, we understand that's like a tough time where people go on vacation with their family. It's really the only time I get to spend with family. So we believe that August 25th and 27th. Um, would be great. So doing like Friday evening again, and then uh, hopefully Saturday and Sunday. Um, week of or and also sorry, I forgot to move this up. August eighth, we'll be doing again another social. <laughs> I know, enjoy. <laughs> um, we'll be doing another social with um, returning commissioners, new commissioners, and commissioners who are leaving. So just a quick one, then we'll have another BOVA session, I guess, or something better. Um, and then the week of the 10th to the 16th, I put that there because we have to work with the mayor and board supervisors schedule will be the inaugural starting in. And then September 18th will be the first uh, YC meeting. And then uh, January 20 and 21st will be the mid-year uh, retreat. Yeah, also, we don't want to do it because we know y'all go on vacation. 
this stuff. And you celebrate their whole campus. When does school start for you? Um, or whatever school you're going to. Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> no, because I have a very conversation with Jason. Late August. But I wasn't sure, but it's a late August after. We can probably do like the video or something. Okay. Or if Vice Chair Parker Palmer is in the city. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we can talk about it. Yeah, we can talk about yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, do you want to go through the application? So I know that's a lot of things in the applications, and so staff have implemented a lot of like the comments that we're giving. Huh? No, no, we'll just we'll go really fast. Oh, um, I'm saying that this application is done. Well, it's going to be on a Google Docs. Before. Oh. Yeah, so just keep scrolling. So it's, it's basically the same information. Uh, I just like change the dates and stuff. Just keep Joy, go ahead. If they're not listening, they're not listening. <laughs> Just keep going. Yeah. I think one, I did have a question that I like, I really didn't remember. Keep going, Joy. Okay. Uh, like, I've seen is regarding the ethnicity. What was that conversation? Was it you're just gonna like add? Like, I was like, I forgot. Was it just a. <laughs> The the comments the need to update. Oh, that's because it it just says ethnicity. Yeah. No, they they write down their ethnicity. Maybe we should just clarify. Please write. Okay. Maybe like have it multiple choice, so it's more specific. Multiple choice and then other. Yeah. The same thing with the the racial and. Okay, racial and. Or you can do like check all that clock, check all those. Oh, okay. And then the ethnic, I don't, I guess. How was that thing? We'll check the documents. Like, uh, because um, a lot of the official colleagues have a different system. Yeah, that's basically it. Yeah, okay. I was like, let's know it's not. Yeah, I agree. Okay. We'll ask him. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll figure out like, the options to add to ethnicities. Um, but then everything else like is up to standards. I think I'll um, keep going down. One thing that we did do is combine uh, for the. Um, the date mm -hmm. the video thing is this 22. Where? Uh, oh, the video thing? Yeah. Yeah, thanks for catching that. <laughs> um, Josh. No, we need to, we need to change this. Uh, I'll date. Okay. She's not going to do that. Um, so on the uh, new application, you know how there was like two questions that were like kind of similar. So we combined them. It was uh, question three and four. So it's the uh, youth commission responsible under the charter city charter for advising the board of supervisors and the mayor on the effects of legislative policy needs assessments, priorities, programs, and budgets concerning the children and youth of San Francisco. If you had a meeting with the mayor or member of the board of supervisors tomorrow, what crucial issue would you talk to them about and advise them on? 
I feel like minor edit issues. issues. Just in case of issues. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 The other question was about crucial issues. So I was just like, let's just add that. I feel like I don't know if this is I I think there's actually like a lot of things that could both be you are committed. I think there's like a lot of things that could like contributed obviously to there being less applicants last year, um, like notably none from like district five. But um I don't know. Uh I feel like one like barrier is that there's just it's not, I guess it's not that much to, it's just a lot of questions that you have to write. So, like, I don't know, I guess they're all kind of important, but I, I would be like, like, or maybe it would be good to have, like, more and then people, like, select a certain amount because maybe, like, people just don't have a lot to say for a particular one. I think, I think it just, like, proves if they're, if they're dedicated enough to write these questions. I, I agree with this. It's not that much. I agree with Something that is like a. talks about like shorting. It's like two I agree. Thank you. I agree with both points. Um, I think that it's important that people like that there's be like first. I know it's, it's not a barrier, but it needs to be a barrier to people who don't have kids. Yeah. Right. Like, like, as people, I don't want people to be put in a position of being a commissioner and then be like, oh my God, I have two meetings every weekend. It's crazy. Um, so I think it's important to, to to take that into consideration. I also don't dislike the idea of a lot of people choose which questions they answer and provide questions. I also want to be realistic about like like this is supposed to be improved on Monday. So yeah. I also want to mention that when we move the applications, we do have a grading rubric that would then change based on those questions they answer. So that would be Oh, yeah, and also I want to note that we did, like, based on the recommendations last meeting, we did cut the work jobs from, I think it was 350 to 600, 600, yeah, and so then 200. Yeah, so I think it's I think it's fair. It's fine. It's like, it's 200. No, I think it's really, yeah, okay, so I'm trying to write, like, I think it used to be 600, like, minimum or something. I was like, you're crazy. Makes sense. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Oh, it's 200 or 400. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then I think also, I would say, like, the people should be applying to say, I don't know. 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 I don't any other? Um, that's a bad idea. Any other uh, questions, comments, concerns on this? Are we voting on this? Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, any questions, comments, concerns? Sign noises. Okay. Then that. Uh, is there a motion? Motion to move it forward to the 25th. 20th. 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 20
the ice cap. Now we move to approval of the full year commission March 20th, 2023 agenda. I have a couple of questions. Uh, oh, it's a, uh, uh, sorry. Is it the first time? No, it's the second. Okay. Yeah, um, so I have a couple of questions. Uh, oh, yeah. That is wrong. Based on the discussion. That's based on the discussion that I had with Miss Jolie. Jolie. About this earlier is we, she said that we should write item four because it will be happening before the meeting itself. Wait, which one? That's just where I get it. Because it's happening right at five and not later on the agenda. And if we start the meeting at five, which usually don't happen, yeah, um, it's going to take up President Heston's time. And we have communications. I don't think approval of the agenda will be an issue, but communications plus starting on time is the issue. So, I don't know if we can. We might have to approve the agenda. Yeah. So, I recommend that like the commission starts at like five fifteen and at five is we just have a separate like ceremony. I mean the only thing I would say is that bylaw say that we can get at five so final starting later, but we should just keep the posted time as five. Uh, and then I think it's fine to have five years where I can and then five five can take mm -hmm. Yeah, that should be fun. Um other questions were I don't know who's presenting stuff. <laughs> But that's, I think, TBD. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're figuring yeah. it out. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wanted to confirm that lyric resolution of recommendation is being passed on first. Reading papers, it's a, well, it's a resolution of accommodation. Um, I'm wondering if we can somehow just sort of serve commissioners in the matter of Action item next to it or something, or like task and charts meeting. Yeah, I can just. I don't know if the, I don't know how you want to pass and charts meeting. I don't think people are going to read into the action item. Well, but it also kind of. No, so I call it the first reading and action item. That's okay. okay. And then I think, to be honest, I might think that's the smallest thing going forward, but that might be like a famous. May I ask, um, are you inviting there to come and do and get their certificate on Monday? I, I can do that. I was also planning to work with the commission and get y'all to find a time for us to visit there and like present it to them and visit the space. Maybe when they have an event and they are yeah. speaking and then our plan is once we have passed this, we are going to reach out. Although actually, it might be a good idea to give them an email today. Yeah, I'll, I could email. Today, I feel like this is on the agenda. And then if she's like, we can't, but well, we can't. Yeah, we can do it sometime. Yeah, we can do it. Let me know because I need to prepare the certificate. The resolution. I have a better So on the April 3rd meeting, there's literally like, not really nothing on there. So we could do like special accommodations for them in the beginning of the meeting. Like, 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 no, no, you, you don't consult past it on the April 30th. Like, like, 
Okay, so why not? We can do it as an app for yeah, I think it might be good. Can just pass it this time? Because then it's also from like, there. Like, just get that. Get the uh, legal stuff yeah. out of the way. Yeah. Um, and then. Yeah. So, um, That's all I have. Other, oh, and then let's go to the third. It just has two things that don't yeah, so I so that so nothing has been officially referred for like yes we referred. So I know there's been questions on like um like the information's capacity currently from like my standpoint. Um but I don't know, that was just like my thing. It's like do we want to move forward? Because I know there was two legislation that people want referred currently. They haven't been referred. Because they have also expressed hesitancy. Well, one needs to be discussed. The other okay. one, there is no hesitancy. What's the first one? I don't know what. I'm not you. Mine, mine, we need to discuss. And, then, and I'm planning to do that today. The other one is um, Commissioner Bolivis um, for the police funding. And funding has usually been like, um, how do I say this? Um, generally, um, when funding is like the fourth to the, the BOS, um, nothing gets changed. Hmm? I believe it's like budget and appropriations. I think it was referred to budget. Appropriations, but they're not, yeah, for the police funding. But also, I think um, BOS have been like doing some type of action because I regularly checked up on it and like there's like updates. And I'm like, wait, I thought it's under the 30 day rule. Also, like it's been a little confusing with that legislation. Well, I guess are we because it could this can be changed before Friday, right? Like we can pass it today and then in the day. Yeah. I I do know it's in my it's on my work computer. For for this one that that you want, the one that I want, it's under the thirty day rule. Yeah. So we're we're good on like that one. Do you? I just meet Commissioner Sean and we'll talk about that today, and we'll let you know. And what's also, like, yeah. after thirty-day rule, we can ask um someone from their office to present on April third instead because we do have four presentations. I want to be yeah. I mean, the only thing is that it's from the mayor's office. Well, I would actually be DCFI presented. So if you okay, yeah. So I I'm okay with either, but I think if you're confident that it won't be passed before April third, I would be fine with. When it says mayor next to it, was there a co-sponsor from the board of supervisors? I believe it was just. Okay, I'll ask. Um, but I'll ask Eileen. I'll check in with um whoever that was co-sponsoring with the for the other legislation that Commissioner Eileen requested tomorrow from their office and see like what are the options on this and then like if they're like oh we're not 
putting this to committee, there's no hearing about this like in the next like few weeks, then like I'll see if like Commissioner Police still wants it and build their Okay, I would just say that it that particular piece of legislation is a matter of emergency, so it might be important to take that into consideration. Like, if we need to, we should get the bond. Yeah, but I think the other one you said is under dirty data, right? The, the school safety one, or that one should I mean, I don't know. That is under the dirty data one. The one I want to Yeah. Okay, I'll check in with the rental activate something in grant, so I don't think it would be. Oh, if those are like retroactively accepting the grant, usually they pass those in one go. Yeah, I think it might have been referred to that. Well, it's an ordinance. It is an ordinance, but usually I also like all those in one go and like one package. My question is also less like I don't have a position. I mean, my position is that they should accept the grant. But my, I want to learn more about what this grant um, is like that's my preference in having a look there just because like in terms of school safety efforts what is so okay. it also i guess we're just having a conversation now and also if it's a real hassle to get a third if there's another way to get dcyf to tell us what that's about that would also be okay with me no, I don't think it's gonna be a hassle to get it referred. I I just like want to be mindful of like the, 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 the time during the meeting. Well, can I just ask you all to use it? Like, if you think it's gonna be passed before April third, that like we should have it on the agenda. But if not, I think it's fine having it. I was also thinking maybe we could ask Robert as in charge of the grant to go to CDC and like talk about it instead. Instead of doing like because we can like talk about it. Or ask people like what the timeline is for this one and the police one. Okay, then we can like just update it. But I think y'all need to come back regarding this. Yeah. The people who don't want it, like, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> last time, I didn't, I didn't want to make the same mistake I made last time. But I just wanted to say on the, the police one uh, that I have the number. I don't know if you know. Oh, wait. Yeah, can you use the G? Uh, it's 230158, and I say that I'm also. Yeah. Which is star? Is it the one with the. It looks like it's been assigned to budget and finance, but I don't see any. I think it was passed today, was it? No, they're still in the meetings. Oh, this? Yeah, yeah, it's in committee today. Still is it? So does that mean that I could possibly be on the BOS on Tuesday? For first reading? For first reading, yeah. But also could they pass it on first reading? No, I think this is in my opinion, um, I think this is an issue that will be discussed for at least two meetings. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So opinion. No, I I concur with that. So it's kind of yeah. The other thing might not be because it had like over an hour of public. Yeah. Because now they're talking. Yeah. So we, we can talk to like also the Austin room this, and then we can talk to the like the sponsors, like the staff, the staff. Yeah, I'll go tomorrow to the offices and Okay. Um. Now that we've got that squared away. Uh. Anything else? anything else from commissioners? Anything else? 
It's going to be alarming, but I think that's just the reality. Oh, also, that why I circled you. Jackson doesn't want y'all to have more meetings anymore. What? So we need to start the escalating. What she said? She said that it's really inappropriate that y'all are having meetings at 10 p.m. and that we as staff should make sure that y'all um, leave an appropriate like, time. So we're going eight. Yeah, like, I don't think that's possible. Wait, so I think it's possible, like after we're done with all this stuff, like the, the presentations and stuff. But she, you know, is loves the work that y'all are doing. But she said, like, ten p.m. is like ridiculous, especially during a school. Day. I mean, it it and is, and we are almost at eight thirty. Like, yeah. It is. Yeah. So, so yeah. In the past, some past staff has told us that. If necessarily, y'all do need to table this. How long? How long were their meetings? Like, um, not as long. Like, not as long. Like, how long? So is there a motion to I have a motion to approve it with the amendment of stretching out of the part? Yeah. Is there a second? Second by Commissioner Putting. All of the first uh discussion. Public comment. Well, Let's there's no public comment. Seeing no public comment, all in favor say aye. All of them say no. The ayes have it. Please, Madam Clerk, please call item seven. Um, I don't remember. Thank you for being here for Max. Eight thirty.